You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Kesky of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! So how we do this is we uh, we send you off into the other room and we do like a five minute intro and then we call you in and then that's that's yeah. that. All right. So yeah, um, pick a room, any room. You can do the backyard if you want, whatever. We'll, whatever. Uh, yeah, the yard nice. And Andrew gets on a run and then I'll just come get you or whatever. Yeah, well we'll have a PA come and pick you up. Oh, welcome to Overnight Drive. Welcome to Overnight Drive. This is going to be one of the greatest podcast episodes you've ever listened to. So, we have Nick Warkle here. He's from, here. Uh, from the band Aficionado. You'd probably know him by. And Royal Slam. Or Royal Slam, as uh want to be called. But I just told him, to set the tone for this episode, I just told him that we send guests off into the other room for five minutes. <laughs> And but then, we don't. So we just wanted to see if he would listen and just walk away. <laughs> he did. So now he's wandering around in the backyard. And we said that he would. Uh, I would come get him after five minutes. Yeah, but we're gonna. We're not going to. We're not going to do. Um, so welcome to episode. What is this? Ninety five. What's this uh, episode? Ninety five. Remember nineteen ninety five, Andrew? What is your most vivid memory of nineteen ninety five? Vivid memory of nineteen ninety five. I was arrested for shooting a nun with a pellet gun sniper style off of my uh, my second floor balcony and I had to uh, I had to repay the cost of a window and I got arrested and had to you know like whatever and I was a minor so they had to like lock my record or some shit like that <laughs> and uh, I had to go on probation and see a probation officer every week and then I uh, my parents, to punish me, sent me on Outward Bound, so I had you to... talk about Outward Bound a lot. Yeah, it was a, a formative experience, to say the least. I was going to say, do you think that changed your life? Um, in retrospect, it was actually fun. At the time, it was an actual nightmare, but uh, yeah, it was, was alright. Hmm. That was charm. Interesting. Got, a, got two leeches. 
during Outward Bounds, which is pretty cool. <laughs> did you do a trust fall? Uh, no trust falls. Did do uh, uh, a solo, an overnight, where I, I came very, very close to a moose. Like, really close. Uh, like, about as close as we are to, like, the television or, like, the, the bar. Like, way too close to be near an animal is like, the size of an SUV. <laughs> um, yeah, it was all right. Great. Uh, well, I didn't have that formative of an experience. I, uh, <clears throat> I guess my most vivid memory of 1995 was getting pressured into going to community college. And I attended two weeks of community college and then kept lying to my mom that I was going. <laughs> I did the same fucking thing yeah. with community college. Yeah. Holy shit. But I did the, the college radio station and I got kicked off the college radio station for making a poster for a w, uh, 92.7 WGFR that said, get your daily dose and I used uh, injection heroin. That's sick. Really part, good. And I hung it up all over campus. Very college radio. And... Uh, needle injecting into her arm and uh, the woman who was running who was the assistant program director Darlene was a recovering heroine <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> thought it was not in, in not, not good taste so um, uh, him, her and her husband who was named the wizard uh, kicked me off the radio where and are Darlene it, and the wizard now Darlene and the wizard sweet revenge Darlene and the wizard came into my uh grant funding office uh, two years ago when I worked for the state and tried to get uh, energy improvements to their pool hall. Oh, God. And I, I, uh, I had to write the recommendation for them. Were they summarily denied? Sweet revenge, motherfucker. No she, pool hall. No pool hall. Uh, yeah, no fucking Warrensburg's going to have to do with only one pool hall to no. uh, no, no two pool halls. I feel bad. Should we go get it? No. <laughs> It would be great if the whole podcast is just out there. Just wandering around the backyard? No. We, Him and the one-eyed dog? So, how should we... I mean, because we didn't really talk about it before. We were watching dash cam videos, which I think is more important than preparing for an interview. What should we talk to him about? Let's just see what it's like to climb the ladder. See what it's like to climb the music ladder. Yeah, we should treat him like royalty. Royalty. Royal yeah. slam. Royal slam. <laughs> Andrew and I have been, been cutting into some beers, so we're gonna we might we might uh <clears throat> we might get him. I might fall down. Yeah. Um. Yes, yeah, so we've talked to him about what it's like to climb the ladder, stand on the top of the ladder where it's dangerous, but you can also see the world. You can look over the edge. Like no one, no one over this level should stand on the ladder, and he's like, "Fuck that." <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> this go, is too much. Go get him. It's been. It hasn't even been five minutes. He looks sad out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you read his lyrics? He's very sad. Andrew's left. All right, so we live. Like, there's no five minutes. Like, we're just gonna see how long you're gonna sit out here without coming back. But yeah. you're, just, you're making no effort to actually come back. So. God. All right, damn we sent him the wrong spot. He was actually enjoying the backyard. No, we should definitely put him in like a, a room. Like a just hurt, a room with nothing? Like a hurt locker. <clears throat> just a room with a man. <laughs> just a room A room with, with, a with some guy. Ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, star of stage and screen. You may have heard many of his musical projects. Hey. Uh, he's uh, long and he's lean. He's fucking uh, slept with many women. <laughs> Which we will go to into great detail on tonight. Yeah, great detail tonight. Um, business owner. 
Self-made um, man. Self-made man. Dog owner. Homeowner. Um, it's all true. <laughs> it's all true. Uh, singer of the band Royal Slam. And, I mean, Psalms. And uh, used to sing for the band Aficionado, who you may have seen crossing, crisscrossing the country at some point. The Scooby-Doo van. In the Scooby-Doo van. We only had a Scooby-Doo van for a little while. <laughs> you really did have a Scooby-Doo van. We, we borrowed that shit. I think we killed that, if memory serves. I, yeah, I killed it. Yeah. We hit a guardrail or something. No. Who said that? Did, did, I thought Pat told me that. I was, all right. First of all. You're going to tell this story because the way it's been told to me by several people seems, it seems like a Russian dash cam video where it's just like, <laughs> how could this ever have happened? Because okay. somebody was in the car behind you guys. Trailing, and they said they were watching and watching and watching, and all of a sudden, like, yeah, just like turning off an exit or something, you hit like a, a center rail or some shit like this that. This is, let me put the myth to bed. I'm glad that my name still rings through the streets. <laughs> Absolutely. And that people cannot sleep at night, nor can they quench their thirst without mentioning my name. I'll tell you my, what I was doing during this. After five that. years after any of this happened, which makes, it fills my heart with joy and also uh, love for all involved. Um, Driving, we were just play, just finished our triumphant set playing with Title Fight uh, in uh, New Jersey, and uh, that was the night that Patrick said "Life is a Hatebreed Song," which people, oh yeah yeah people tend to like that. So we played, and uh, we all pretended to enjoy each other's company. Uh, I mean, we all enjoyed each other's company, but then we talked to bands like "Yo, good set, dude, fucking so good," you know, like all that shit that you're supposed to do, but I never really did. And then we're driving. And this is in New Jersey, so everything is like a, I don't know what they call it, like a... Roundabout? Roundabout. They have like a roundabout, but you get off and there's a very sharp turn when you get off. The road was <laughs> slick. It was humid out. And because it's New Jersey and everything's a pain, the road was slick because the pavement was oily. And I made the turn at about 30 miles an hour. Normal in New York, but for, for some reason New Jersey is always oh, called the jug handle. So you have to make like a huge turn, like a very right. sharp turn. And um, this didn't kill the van, by the way. We still drove on this for another full year. Um, but I... Uh, I think this is what pulled the fucking plug in the bathtub, though. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and uh, just fucking beefed it and uh, hit a curb. <laughs> and it made the van uh, not happy. And then um, that was it. And then we had to get it fixed, and we finished the tour. It wasn't a half-heart tour, actually. That was. That was the end of the half-heart tour. And we finished the tour. And um, then a full year later, I was driving on uh, Route 287 in New Jersey. I was going to say, also New Jersey, yeah. (laughs) And the van died. Uh, First show into the uh, grueler summer tour that I ultimately left. That was, yeah, that was the first um, leg of episode 10. Yeah, where I should have just left there. Um, Didn't you try to leave there or something like that? Didn't you, like, make no, a Hail Mary pass? No. For some reason, I thought you did. No, I joked about leaving. Oh, okay, all right. And way too uptight fucking members of the band who uh, assume everything about me <laughs> were like, oh, he's definitely leaving. And I was like, man, if I knew that, if I knew that that was the call in the beginning, I probably should have, but... Um, uh, that was it. Sorry, no, no flames, no hitting a guardrail. Sorry, guys. That show, I left early. I went back to New York, 
and I had like no. I had been broke since Atlanta. I was like so broke on that tour. So I borrowed money to take a train back to New York. I just pieced right after we played. Was here for a day, and then I had to borrow more money to uh, (laughs) take. What the fuck was it? Like, I don't know, like a Bolt bus or some shit to the next show. And uh, I ended up missing missing the train, getting on the next train, which was way too late, missing my bus as a result of that, and then as I surfaced in full panic, getting the word that, like, the van was, like, fucked up when we were going to make the show and whatnot. So I'm like, oh, so I just spent my last, like, literally $15 on Earth on absolutely nothing, and now here I am. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, like, I'm, like, outside in your public library. Like, I could just live here. Like, I, like all these fucking homeless guys, I could just fucking post up here. That's my new spot. I'm sorry, Andrew. That was rough. It's, uh, there's uh, nothing I can say that will make you feel any better. It's all right. I'm over it. I, were you there on that tour? I don't remember. I don't think no. so. All right. What no, tour? No. You, were, you were doing the, the feeder tour with us, right? Yeah, that was, okay. that was fun. Yeah, I had a great right. time. Let's talk about that. Um, well, this isn't about me or Andrew. Mm-hmm. This is all about Nick today. We invited him over. He just came back. He just came out of work uh, from the business. Uh, I, I forgot to say business owner. No, you did. You, you said did. It. You did said it. it. Okay, business owner. Got a lot of shit going on. Um, <clears throat> in the middle of the night, sometimes I order DP down. Nice. Yeah, I do. You don't I see do. his name on like the, the fucking delivery list. I'm not but, there in the middle of the night. Yeah, but you're you're the <laughs> owner. You're supposed to go over the shit. If I were John Taffer, I'd be yelling at you right now. Like, well, then who looks over the deliveries? And you'd be like, uh, I don't know, you know? No, there's a manager that's on the responsible party that's there. They look over the deliveries. They make sure everything's good. I trust these people. Some of them. Oh, fuck. All right, well, we'll get into that. That'll be fun. We'll start naming names. <laughs> so, uh, Nick was on that tour with us, and we, uh, the only thing I really remember from that tour, other than, um... Defeater tour. Other than yeah, the defeater tour. Other than playing much better than defeater, was um, Nick uh, pressuring Nick into eating a pound of fudge? <laughs> if you remember, remember which, that? which I couldn't do. Which but couldn't no, do. <laughs> you know no, I just I like fudge a lot, and it's just so, but it's just so heavy and rich, and it's just uh, <laughs> so you look at it, and you're like, oh, that fudge looks really awesome. Funny. I think I could really just take the whole thing down. The one thing that I. Uh, Forgot about you and miss, even though we're neighbors, is that you always explain, even though you think that we're making fun of you, always over explain. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you <laughs> ask him about a Seinfeld episode, he'll explain the entire yeah, episode of the show. It's so here. good. I love to retell <laughs> Seinfeld episodes. It's so one of my favorite But the best, I think the kismet, the best part the best part of that was like, hey, Nick, do you think you could eat a pound of fudge? And you're like, yeah, definitely. And I see in the corner of my eye a fudge store. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Arr! I pull into the fudge store. Perfect. That woman thought we were fucking awful. <laughs> she really did not like us one bit. I do remember that very much. But well, that was the same. That was the same towards Hitler power. Hitler power got a lot of play in this yeah, podcast. You accused Patrick of having Hitler powers. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> I think it's more of a Jim Jones. Vibe. Yeah, Jim Jones. Yeah. Not that worked in their extreme. He woke up in the morning and he said he had a dream about Hitler power, which was wild. <laughs> I wish, but there was, that was a fight over a woman. Yeah, because we would be in people's houses, and Pat would try to instigate me into into arguing with them, 
And then we would just yell at each other for a long time yeah. in somebody else's house, making them feel incredibly uncomfortable. They, they really enjoyed it, though. <laughs> the women we were with seemed to really like you guys I, having an argument. Would always just, I would always just fall asleep to the sweet sounds of you arguing. Oh, yeah, you'd just be over, fucking... over complete bullshit. Right, because he would be arguing something that he didn't actually believe and then try to convince the other people in the room to side with him, even though he didn't even believe the thing that he was saying, and then make me look foolish just because he was better at talking than I was. My favorite part of that tour was when we stayed at Full Sail, and I, I said, you should really go for that girl, dude. And you did. I don't remember ah. this. Like, I don't, even, I don't even remember where that was. You know, I, was, I just wanted to make you proud. You did. You, know? you did. You went at this girl. All right, here's the scene. You were at Full Sail dorms, right? Picture that. Like, it's Florida. These are like... Very crummy. Oh, was it the night I was sick? Because I, like, I have no fucking Remember recollection of this. Remember sitting in the AMPM parking lot, which is like the shittiest gas station in Florida. Yeah, terrible. And you're sick. We're like falling asleep. And we, this dude, after an hour, finally meets us there. And yeah, he brings us I to the full sail dorms in like Daytona Beach, Florida, or wherever. And it's like three in the morning. And my man Nick is like... Should I, what should I do? Because <laughs> this girl is not... I mean, she's like, you know... How would you describe this woman that you um, gave her the easily the best sex of her life? I don't want to go into detail. You know, oh, no, all right, okay, all right. No, come on. All right. Well, okay. So um, I don't want to be disrespectful towards anybody. You know, I. Oh, the PR machine is in full force. Firing at all. Holy fuck! Right all right. So Nick, Nick, not Nick, slept with a not woman. Well, <laughs> I mean, not Nick. Slept. <laughs> not mixed up with a not not uh, person from Florida on the tour, and it was wild ass. And I heard her. I heard the screams. I, I don't. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> um, I, pro- I probably should have just slept out and you know slept on the couch or something. I had the couch. I always get the couch. Um, I heard the screams. I heard moan. I heard moans. The slurps. Of, I heard moans of surprise. <laughs> Like ah, oh. I heard um, I heard creaking. I heard slurps. <laughs> I heard sl- smacks. I heard uh, pleading. <laughs> I heard begging for more and for less. Nick emerged triumphantly, uh, with only a towel, around, only a towel around his waist. Backlit, yeah, backlit, which we'll get into later. This, like, yeah. And he uh, said, <laughs> I hope you're proud of me. <laughs> I probably took a year off that girl's life because I fucked her so hard. And there's no soap in this shower. See, so I gotta if live you with don't tell the story, lesson learned. If you don't tell the story, you leave it up to us to make the story. Yeah, the interpretation <laughs> is always better. <laughs> I like your version. I mean, I don't think that my version was nearly as flowery or uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so. so that was fun. But uh, all right, so the Hitler power fight was over a woman. Mm. Um, Do we name who names? you? Let's not name names. <laughs> that'll actually be sad. Uh, that's very Googleable. <laughs> um, <clears throat> who you then sent me the darkest text message I've ever gotten in my life that I wish I saved. It was like it was next level. Do you recall sending me this text message? No, not at all. It was okay. It was next level. Let's bring us back to 2009. <laughs> this is a long time ago. I don't. This is a long time. I feel ago, like yeah. it was maybe even before 2009. 2008. I still lived in New York, so it was 2008. 
I remember, I still live in New York because I, um, my girlfriend at the time told me I couldn't have fun on tour, on, in a phone argument. I remember that vividly. Like you weren't allowed to, or you I wasn't allowed to have fun? No, that sounds about right. You're having fun without me. Anyway, um, yeah, so what was the text? Do you have it saved? Oh, no, I wish. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> no, it's, um... I'm glad that you don't. It was something along the lines of, uh... Like, if you really wanted a guitar really badly, it's the guitar you wanted most in the entire world. And then <laughs> you get the money for it, and you save up for it, and you get the money, and you're so excited, and you go to Drone Sound, and you, you're about to buy the guitar. Drone Sound. And the guy online in front of you takes it and buys it on credit, and then sets it on fire right in front of you. And you <laughs> sit, I'm just like, holy fuck. I'm in a oh. scaffolding yard being like, whoa, this is like fucking, this is the deep darks right here. Oh, my God. I wish to God I could go back and get that text message. It was... It was tremendous. It was like it was like a work of art. It was it was really good. I can't believe you don't remember sending. No, it. I know. I, I just you know that sort of thing just flows out of me. I'm a passionate man. <laughs> you know. All right. So let's we'll, we'll yeah for the people. And I have a lot of bad analogies too. So they just come, I just I've used so many bad analogies over the years. They just. So if you were a donut, if you wanted a donut so bad, and you it was the best donut you ever had before, and someone else got in front of you and got it. That's basically what we're talking about here. Yeah, <laughs> but but at, at, th- at this point in my life, I would just get a different donut. You know what I mean? I just. So but at that, that point, I was I was young. You know, never played that guitar, huh? <laughs> oh, you did. All right, you did. You all right? Okay. No, no, uh, never. No. Interesting. All no, right. No, never. No, no never. Mm-mm. What have you? Did you open the guitar case? Way before. Way before. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. opened it, but you couldn't play it because the strings were... Actually, a similar, similar thing happened to me um, a couple years ago. I uh, I actually literally almost... Almost the actual uh, analogy, but the real thing actually not an analogy. Jesus like, I bought Christ. a guitar on Craigslist for super cheap. I bought it. It was a 1966 Fender Mustang, and um, it was kind of fucked up, and it had uh, a really horrible um, refinish, and I... Had it ref- had the whole thing refinished back to its original color, replaced all the parts with original parts, and then at the time I didn't really need another electric guitar, and somebody offered to trade me uh, a Gibson acoustic for it, and I took the trade, and it was the worst trade I ever made in my life. Ever. And now I wish that I could just buy that Fender Mustang for. Do you know who has it? No, I have no idea. Um, but uh, so now I can't buy it. Now I'll never play that Mustang. I never even played it. I bought it. I brought it to this dude to have it fixed up. And then while it was at the shop being fixed up, somebody offered me the trade. So I never actually played it. And now I just want to own a Daphne Blue 1966 Fender Mustang, but... Never happened. And now they're super expensive, too. In the past, like, few years, the price of a Fender Mustang really, like... So now you just have this Gibson acoustic guitar at home that you hate. No, I sold it. I hated it. I sold it for, like, next to nothing. Like, literally, this like, is, 200 bucks. This is a lot of bad moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But, so I'll never know what it's, it's like. bad. That sucks. But it was my decision that time. I made the bad decision to... Where it wasn't like Pat didn't come and steal the guitar out of the shop and... Oh, all right, I guess we're naming names there, all right. <laughs> no, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of underlying... Um, there's a lot of underlying uh, bitter feelings that you need to explore. And this is now here. No, this I'm actually... Right now. We've been charged... From the power At this above. point, looking back, I'm actually more than okay with it. You know, I don't, I don't mind at all. <laughs> Cooler than you are, bro. Cooler than you are. Um, all right, so let's let's fast forward. So, 
We do come. that tour. You come. You come, and everything's cool. Um, they have an OJ or a Darn Julius, and everything's cool. Um, and then uh, Aficionado goes on to play, what, like three or four more years? And then um, what happens? Because well, this is where I lose the plot. Let's... So when I did that tour, actually, it was during a weird time for Aficionado where we weren't super active and we didn't really have uh, a full lineup of people. But then we got back and then I reassembled. I remember there was a few reassemblies. And when I reassembled at that time, that was the time that actually ended up sticking. Mm -hmm. um, Because we got Kiki playing bass. And once Kiki... He was really the glue. (laughs) (laughs) He was really the glue. Shut out on that for a second. Um, But, uh, yeah, Kiki started playing bass. And uh, he he breathed new life into Aficionado. Where's my man now? Um, He's in California. Wow. That's a good place for him. Mm -hmm. He sobered up. And he moved to California. God bless. Um, I think he's doing really good. Um, I think he's uh, near Venice Beach. Cool. Um, it's a good place to be sober. <laughs> yeah, I, think he, I think he lives... The last time I talked to him, he was living in um, a, a house of all people that were sober. But it wasn't like a... It was like a... Uh, so, uh, I, it's like not, a sober house, but it's not like a facility. Oh, all right, I was going to say, yeah, is yeah. that just like... like people that just have jobs, but, but no, but they're all like... Um, I mean, people, they're all like in support of each other being sober, which is cool. All right. Um, but yeah, Kiki joined, and then we put together... A very permanent lineup that ended up playing. Then we signed to No Sleep shortly after that because um, we recorded an EP, and then uh, and then we put out a full length and toured on that for a few years. I don't know what year we broke up. Maybe 2012. Well, that's what. Let's, that's what, let's get, get to, to that. To the breakup, man. I don't. Because I don't know any. This story here. is totally lost no, to me. This is no. They, I mean, I could talk about the about the, the many reasons why the band yeah, broke up. No, you're talking about what you're doing right now is reciting Wikipedia. We're not interested in that. We're interested in the breakup. The deep down. The fucking fuck you, motherfucker. The shit. There wasn't too much of that. No, but there was a little of it. There was a little of it. Let's do Um, it. Let's get into it. Let's hash it up. All the aficionado fans, the moment you've been waiting for, the real shit. This would have been funny as shit to have everybody upstairs in different rooms because we've got like 20 rooms in this house <laughs> not realizing everyone's going to be there just fucking do a fucking come on out oh, this is your life. I don't really think that story's accurate <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it man because you are in interview where we are known for our really good interview which might not be true no, I don't think that's true at all no, it's not true at all we're actually not very good at it but I don't think we're known for anything <laughs> We're known for being. We're known for putting on an above average. We're known for. We should call this po- this podcast fucking plus fifteen. No, 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 no. Don't don't get down on it, man. Because you know I'll lose interest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so towards so, the end of Aficionado, we did a couple pretty rough tours consecutively. No, why were they rough? Um, well, the first one uh, was with a band called Electric Six. And, um, and some okay. of you may know Electric Six from their uh, hit single "Gay Bar." I have a I, no. No, um, no, real. Um, you know, you know that's in the gay bar. That's correct. Gay, oh, you yeah. with them. We did, and because when we were freshmen in college, we thought that "Gay Bar" was really funny. Or it was just like a funny song. Like they're just kind of these wacky guys. That okay. they had another song that was like uh, "Danger High Voltage," was the song. Okay. Um, but so we thought that those band, that band was funny. The so first show you guys meet up. What are they like? They're older dudes who are all recently, or most of which are recently sober. And uh, uh, give me a second to register my shock here. And, right. do, and doing and doing a band like pretty much strictly, it seems like to as a job. Like they tour a few times a year. They're still big in Europe. Um, here they do well in certain markets. 
Um, and they have... <laughs> what markets would those be? I'm well, curious. Like, 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 major, like major markets. Um, we played... A handful of those shows were sold out. We played, I want to say... Well, definitely... Where was it? Well, Place in Wisconsin. Uh, from, um, Green Bay. Madison, Wisconsin, maybe? Madison, Madison. Wisconsin. There's only um, two places. So we played Madison, Wisconsin, and we played two shows. That, well, we played a show in Michigan, and then Madison, Wisconsin, and then Michigan again. So I thought, we were, I was drunk, and I thought that we were still in Michigan. So this show, I only, know, I only remember it specifically because I know it was packed. There were probably like 700 people there, and it was packed. I love, and, I uh, love where this is going. <laughs> And I'm drunk, and nobody likes us because nobody liked us on the whole tour. Like people literally boot us off, like most nights. Now, did that, so did that really cut you guys up? Like did um, you, on or, that or, tour, we actually started to. We didn't like the tour, but we enjoyed people's hatred for us. Like we started to play. Uh, it was a tour where we started to troll on people yeah. for the first time, which like aficionado was always a band that we wanted everybody to like us. But that tour, sure. we had come to the conclusion that nobody was going to like us. So we started to troll on people, and we started to play Layla. We were just the end of Layla. Excellent. Um, and so our set would end, and Craig would start playing the piano outro yeah. to Layla, yeah. and then everybody would take turns soloing um, <laughs> over Layla. It would pick up, it would get slow, it cut at halftime. That's great. We would just play that out for however long people would watch. Yeah. Um, so we started to do that about halfway through the tour, um, which is actually sort of fun. And, uh, but at that show in particular, we were in, uh, Wisconsin and I was like, so how's everybody doing here in Michigan? And I remember somebody from the crowd, it was like one of those moments where, but if somebody <laughs> from the crowd yelled, we're not in fucking Michigan. And then wow. everybody in the room started to boo us. That's pretty sick. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Like uh, the whole crowd, like, like literally everybody was going. And I just turned around and looked at Kristen Aaron's and I just remember him being like, oh my God. And I was just like, well. I don't know. What do you do? Uh, so that's like a that's yeah. But we but we experienced a lot of people just being t- like totally not acknowledging that we were even playing. And we played with uh, Electric Six, and the other band on the tour was a one dude. I don't remember his name, but it was one dude who was kind of like a heavy set rapper. That was he oh was a white rapper God. who uh, mm. who kind of like had a shtick similar to Kenny Powers. Oh, um, oh, was it that guy from Bar Rescue? Hip hop. Um, I don't think that was his name. Fuck, what is that so, fucking guy's name? This guy had songs that were, uh, like, the lyric, lyrical content was something big like... Big Smo. Uh, it was a Big Smo? No. Damn it. Damn Fuck. It. I, wish it was big I wish I could t- remember what this guy's name was so we could cue <laughs> it up. But he had songs that were things like, uh, God Loves Fat Chicks. Were like, oh, this guy sounds great. But that sort of sums up the lyrical content. So people loved that and they thought it was great. And then uh, we would come on and people would totally hate it and not acknowledge that we were doing anything. And then Electric Six would come on, people would love that. But these are all kids who are wearing like uh, Who Killed Kenny t shirts. Like, yeah, that's who that band was. Did you fucking like fall into this? I really thought that it was going to be a bunch of college kids that were just trying to party. But it was not true. Not true. Um, and uh, so, but that tour was actually, it was long. So it was like we were on this tour for a really long time, and everybody hated it. And it was, we kind of treated it just like a vacation. But we were, it was definitely like our patience was sort of wearing a little thin. Yeah, patience with um, each other. With no, with just the tour, I think oh. at that time. But then shortly after, we we'd come home and uh, we put out, we'd put out a seven inch, and it was taking us a long time to write a full length. And we put out a seven inch. We probably really should have had enough material for a full length at that time. And uh, then we did a tour to, to just support the record that we just put out, and uh, we went out with a band called Mixtapes, um, 
and this band called Citizen. Citizen we really liked. We really liked the dudes. They're young kids. Uh, they're really cool. Really fun to hang out with. The band Mixtapes um, is a kind of a juvenile pop punk band. Okay. Um, they themselves are not. Ju- they're not juveniles. <laughs> Their band is very they're juvenile. Grown adults. So, are they also in the sober house or no? no they, uh, I don't think that they are. <laughs> but they are grown adults. And um, but the people that like them are clueless. 16-year-olds. All right. So um, we're on this tour, and we're watching this band play after 28, us. 28,000 likes on Facebook, asshole. I don't know. They're all... <laughs> I don't know. They're all weird little kids. Okay. But people hated us on that tour as well. Um, and it was just like two tours back-to-back where just like we got the most negative reaction possible. And uh, that tour really started to... People started to get frustrated, I think... Um, and then, you know, personalities started to collide just based on the frustration with the tour. It was another long tour. <laughs> no, we no, were... no, 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 no. We need you to expand on that, You're in the drive now. We were, also in a, we were also in a band that, when we from the time that we started, everybody partied, everybody, you know, it was like shows were also party time. You know, it was party time. So not always... I recall but, that. But not always for me. You know, I was always the, I was always the supposed responsible party. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I still so, remember fucking doing sound for you guys in August playing fucking Hot for Teacher in my face as I'm trying to, like, yeah. mic up his shit. Yeah, that yeah and vividly remember this. And, and James definitely did the same thing. Um, this next tape. Oh, no. So I want to thank Aficionado for coming out with oh. us. It's going to be good. <laughs> Yo, you did this on purpose? Oh, no, no. I turned this... I can't. No no more of that. Look, he's... <laughs> so, so this is, Zip that. Describing their night. But when oh. we first started to do um, support stuff with Aficionado, once we put that LP out, mm-hmm. um, it was always with bands that we liked and people that we actually wanted to hang out with. So, like, the, one of the first support tours we did was with Tim Kasher, who, um, throughout, like, my whole life, I've really, like, I was always influenced by Cursive, like, loved Cursive, loved Tim. So we got to go on tour with Tim Kasher, who turned out to be actually really cool, um, really fun to hang out with. And then um, other people that we actually respected. And then as the tours went on, it was sort of, like, was dwindling. That's rough. What was yeah. dwindling? The uh, attendance for your shows? No, um, I think, like, the caliber of the bands that we were supporting, I guess. So you were supporting Tim Kasher. Who we love. Was we he love. genuinely receptive to music? Yeah, he's, he was really fun. Okay. He, he was just a really fun person to be on tour with, a really good dude. Did and then you ever have any moments where you'd be like, oh, there's Tim Kasher and two women walking into the bus? Oh, shit. No, because um, uh, he had recently started dating... Uh, a girl at that time who I think is now his fiance. Oh. So, um, so you never saw him like get drunk and like touch a tit. No, uh, like, we say racist stuff. You know, no, like, 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 like I'll fight every beef. like abuse a cab driver. <laughs> <laughs> we did, I'll uh, fight every beef. We got we all, we did all get drunk and get kicked out of a hotel pool. Nice. But that's like you know we we were in uh, St Augustine and a, a guy who was probably like thirty came up and he was working at the hotel and came up to all of us and he was like, listen guys, all right. I was young once, Ugh. and Tim is like I don't I don't know how old Tim is, but he's definitely he's older. my hair's turning gray. He's, he's I'm gonna help older you. than that person, and he was like gave us the real like listen I'm cool guys, but you guys really gotta get out of the hot tub at this time. Jesus. Um. So, but yeah, he was really fun. He just was a 
fun dude, part one of the party. Um, okay. But yeah, we met a lot of cool bands, and then uh, we did. I think the thing that um, that made us think that maybe there was. Uh, some gem to be found in those tours, like something was going to be cool about them, is we we did a tour, uh, you know, in one winter with a band called Fair to Midland, which is not typically the kind of music that any of us like. It's like a research machine firing up. It's like a prog metal band. Um, Actually, total, I think I did sound for that. That sounds familiar. Totally, the, um, totally not the sort of thing that we're super into, not the sort of band that we would normally play with. Um, and then this other band called Dead Letter Circus, who's a band from Australia. Um, and I, when I, we first got the tour, my mind was totally closed to it. I was like, listen, this is going to suck. I'm not going to, no one's going to like us on this tour. This tour is going to suck. And we went on it and it ended up being really fun. And the dudes ended up being really cool. And the thing was that even though they played a different kind of music than us and it wasn't the sort of thing that we listened to, they were genuinely good musicians. And so we could have a common ground and, uh, people actually weirdly liked us on this new metal tour. And then it made me only want to do. That makes more sense to me. It made me only want to do new metal tours. Yeah. Um, the people yeah. that the people that go are like the sort of people that think they really believe in rock music still. Yeah, where like so. uh, when you go to like a punk show, everybody wants to be like you. They're like, oh, these guys are just like me. Um, but at these sort of rock shows, it's like people still have this idea of the band as like. A, Do you think these people still exist anymore, or is everyone just into DJs now? I think that there are probably still people that like new metal. Uh, I'm sure there's still people that like new metal, but I feel like now new metal is actually just DJ core. Now it's just like it's almost entirely synthesized, and some guy with like the DJ from fucking Zoolander is like doing doing his shit <laughs> over fucking like guitar loops. That could be because I can't think of any new metal bands that have come about in the past few years that people like. Right? No, nah, that's true. Didn't Corn put out a record a couple years ago? Yeah, but, that, no, but no, it was a weird. But it was a weird dubstep record yeah, though. They had dubstep. Yeah, it's over. It's all. They let it drop and. Yeah. And all that other stuff. Okay, so... Continue. Um, where were we? So uh, bring us to the night. Bring you us to the climax. You tour with Fair to Midland. Oh, so why, we, we love that tour, but the no, mixtapes... We, we need the climax. We need the, the climax of that tour? We need the... No, we need the band. Like, we shouldn't do this anymore. That was on tour with... Probably on on the mixtapes tour. It was like, no one actually said it, but we were... No, is the, the vibe change was like... Oh, yeah, the vibe definitely changed because it was like different people in the band were kind of branching off whenever we would get to a central location and then everybody would go off and partner up with like the person in the band that they felt okay hanging out with at the oh, time totally it's, to, it's totally and because there were so many people in the band you could totally do that and actually still feel like you were hanging out with a pretty good group of people interesting <laughs> interesting because right, so, cool. we had a person on tour with us that was the merch girl um and uh Laura would always hang out with her um because I think at the time her and uh James were button heads Bunny um, heads. Yeah, they weren't boning. Oh. <laughs> Fucking? No, definitely not. I think the exact opposite of that. Whatever the opposite of that could be. We're listening to Fair to Midland. When does the rap start? No, they don't rap, I don't think. <laughs> I think he does like a throat singing thing at times. Oh, no. But I love that okay, tour. So that, that tour was my favorite tour. Yeah, easily was some of the greatest. All right, so you guys pull into Omaha, and everyone goes their separate ways. Yeah. Uh, Laura and James are fucking and now fighting. <laughs> so Craig Dutra has no idea; he's oblivious yeah, to the whole so thing. They fuck in. Um, they're fucking in positions that haven't even been invented. It's yet. yeah. It's that wild. would never it's, happen. It's Nick. It's get, the furthest thing that would. Yeah, but 
The road is a harsh mistress. The road sometimes, makes things happen. Sometimes, sometimes when you have a destination, you still feel so lost. So, therefore, fuck your bandmate. Right? <laughs> None of that was going on. <laughs> I I really don't think that you're being truthful. I, yeah, I, or maybe maybe you think you're being truthful, but I don't think that's really the case. But I don't think either way. you know what actually was going on. All right, so those two, they're having a lover's quarrel. Where, where are the other rifts at um, this point? I feel like I would generally hang out with probably Kristen Erwitz. That was kind of my... He's pretty even keel. Yeah, so we would kind of go off. Um, I like that he's lost his mind and he wants to like go to the desert and like commune with the spirits. I'm I, also think, that. I, I also think that that's weird. It's really um, exciting. I, I'm very. Yeah. I'm actually supposed to go to the desert with him and uh, record a record. Nice. It's exciting. Um, this happens to the best of us. Because his girlfriend lives in... New Mexico, and that's why? I don't know. Is that why I, he's going there? I, I, for all I know, the, the the east wind told him to go there. I'm not sure. Like, well, yeah. well, well. Let's see what happens. Somebody lost their mind and followed a girl to another state. Sound He's fair. in a... Uh, he recently got added to a group chat that I met, so now I feel like we're going to be in better contact. Interesting. All right. He also sent me a weird picture of himself. It looks like he's smoking weed and wearing a Pikachu. Oh, this is really exciting. Costume. All right, excellent. Um... I don't know if this is actually a Pikachu costume, but I think it is. This is good that everyone's just on their phones. Oh, I have seen this before. Yeah, that that looks like a Pikachu costume. <laughs> yeah, so he's got, he's going through uh, he's going through an experience. Because the Kristen Arrowitz I know, I don't think would do this. Yeah, no, that's it's, no. he's got a different thing happening. He looks so he's like LA guy, dressed up like Pikachu, smokes weed. In this, do. in this photograph, he looks not under the influence, but he looks influenced. <laughs> by something else. The third eye is open. We have a picture that we would send on a group chat of him. Uh, i got to see if I can find it, but I, it's not going to make for good radio if I go back through my photos and looking for looking a photo. Yeah, we're like, just all looking at pictures yeah, and t- well, talking about them to each other. Yeah, we're not really fucking great, no. Mike Francesa. Uh, but uh, that we would, we're always just passing back and forth and zooming in on his face. It's really good. Got Nick from Royal Slabs here. <laughs> Um, all right, so all right, so you two are paired off. Uh, James and Laura paired off. Fucking, uh, um, fucking. We had a dude <laughs> filling in for Craig on this tour. Um, oh shit! So oh. yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Fucking. Uh, his name is Johnny Baker, and um, he's a great guitar player. Yeah. Um, but he filled in and did a lot of like weird pedal stuff, uh, playing a lot of Craig's keyboard parts, but all just right. with an effective guitar. Okay, that sounds um, like a thing. And. Uh, and we would we would kind of hang out because uh, me, Chris, and him would go to music stores and check out gear and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, nobody else really had any problems, I don't think. I just think it was like... Uh, I think a lot of people maybe were just kind of... We'd been a band for a long time. People's interests had sort of changed. That's a great picture. We <laughs> <laughs> just keep like, sending it back and forth, zooming. So good. <laughs> But um, I think eventually it would have happened anyway, just because we were all were maybe not on the same page. Um, How? How were you not on the same page? Like, musically, um, life-wise, did you all just drift apart? You all grew up together, some of you went to college together, and then suddenly you're on a tour that you don't want to be on, and what? Like, how do you grow apart, and what is the vibe? I just want to know when the final nail was. Yeah. That's, that's, after, that's my big question. question it was a very weird, um, slow thing where I, it was almost like everybody knew it, but nobody said anything. There was never some blow-up. It was almost like, I felt when I got home, it just felt like a thing that I'd been doing for a long time was over, and I no one had said it. And then um, I think that I had talked to Christian Erwitz about it, and we'd been like, listen, we don't think that we want to be in a band um, with you. 
with well at yeah. that time it was like we didn't really want to be in a band with James at that time and James didn't really want to be in, be in a band with us and me and Chris had talked about it and then James called me that night and was like listen I don't really want to be in a band with you guys oh, right. and I was like okay so it's I helpful. guess it's mutual then you know um, and uh, yeah and then I'm trying to think of what else I think Mark was Mark and he was fine yeah, you know, Mark was always Mark. He's, Mark takes a punch or two in life and just keeps going. He just, keeps, yeah. he just kept going. So, I'm really working on my Latin drumming anyway, so I was like, boom, 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 boom. It's all right, it's all good. <laughs> so I think, and then we tried to have a couple of band practices that were, um, I don't know if it was going to be called Aficionado or not, but it was just uh, me, Craig, um, Mark, Chris Tenerowitz, and Johnny Baker. I sort of remember this, um, just vaguely. But we only had, we'd only done it a couple times, and uh, at that time, I think, Mark then was like, listen, I don't really want to do it. It doesn't seem to really be going anywhere. Like, I don't really want to do it anymore. And then, without Mark, we didn't really have a band, because finding a new drummer's hard. Yeah. yeah no, um, and especially finding a drummer that's comparable to Mark, because Mark is a great drummer. I agree with that. Um, so, uh, so yeah. And then, it was like kind of like, me and T didn't want to be in band with James. James didn't want to be in band with me and T. Um... I don't think Laura really wanted to be with any of us because we all just fought with each other all the time. Sick. Because um, I think it was really like me, James, Christian Erwitz, and Kiki all fighting with each other. A lot towards the end. Mark trying to stay out of it, sleeping in the back of the van. Um, and then Laura like not liking that she had to listen to us all like fight. Like drawing on her knee and, and her being jeans like, or something. This sucks. <laughs> and being like, dude, this sucks. Everybody's fighting. Like, Jesus. get me the fuck out of here. Um, and I think that's how it went for a while. Um, Fucking James. But fucking not, James, yeah, definitely not, fucking James. But in, in retrospect, it's not really James's fault. I just think that, like, um, he was just really into kind of partying more than me and Chris were. And I've, um, I've known that about him. And, yeah, uh, and I think that, so a lot of times we would be angry at him because we would, I don't know, he's an easy person to be angry at because he's partying. I'd have a great time. With we'd all be, yes. So, but, um, but I mean, but since then, like, I would be in a band with James again. On the... I just, but it's just like at that time, I think it was just too much, at, you know, and it kind of boiled over. On the second to last episode uh, that people have heard, I actually blame James for me losing thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Did he convince uh, but, you to invest in Bitcoin? No, no. That would have been great. Actually, I should have. I would have fucking made that money back. But no, I. it was... In a way that I realized afterwards that I definitely, like, can't in good conscience put him on blast for and had to erase So, yeah, because I just fucking... Wow. So, yeah, that's my man. So, Aficionado is dead. That's it. It's over. All right. People move on. T's fucking traveling the world. Mark's fucking traveling the world. Yeah, we immediately vacuum up the best talent from the ashes and move on. James is... Fucking, he's doing dry fucking driveway seal. Yes, yeah, he, he works for a sealing company. I Deuce, think it's like, I don't know. Seems to be happy. Dude's just like playing dream pop, whatever. What the fuck are you doing, motherfucker? Me? Yeah. You ended up in a doom metal band for a minute. I was in a doom metal band yeah, for a minute. There you go. Tell us um, about that. Well, because well, Mark had just joined. Because I heard, and that you any were... opportunity to be in a band with Mark is great. I agree. Um, <laughs> I really so, enjoy seeing. Him. I just, I just like to hang out with him. At the time, me and Mark weren't hanging out as much, and we used to be really good friends. And we just kind of drifted after Fashionado, and I just wanted an excuse to kind of hang out with Mark. Um, and he had joined this band. And I was like, all right, yeah, he wants. They need a bass player, and also because I hadn't really played bass in anything since I had played bass um, in end of the year. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to see if I still had it. Um, <laughs> Did you have it? 
And I did. And I learned the songs. Uh, they were all in like weird time signatures, and it was all a lot of counting parts. And uh, actually, a few weeks in, once I'd been playing for a while and I'd known all the songs, we played some shows, uh, Mark had come up to me and said... You know, like, I really didn't think you actually could play uh, <laughs> any songs. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool, Mark. I think like, it's, like, really crazy that you actually learned how to do this stuff, because I actually didn't think you could at all. <laughs> and I was like, wow, thanks a lot. Thanks cool, for having appreciate a lot of it. confidence, confidence in me, yeah. your friend, you know. Excellent. But, uh, and also, like, Jordan, uh, who's in Hush, Jordan Gaza. Um, I think he... We went to high school together, and we were friends in high school, and we had kind of drifted a little bit, too. Like, he lived in Troy. It's, like, a weird... We lived in Troy, and... It's hard to get together, I guess. That dude left a bunch of shit at my job when I worked at the bar. And whatever, it was just like fucking gone to the wind. But I think that dude partially blames me somewhere in his mind. So that dude, Jordan. I don't know. I, don't, I always got that vibe that he thought I like stole his shit. So Did you steal his shit? No, dude, steal your shit, man. I don't know where it is. I'm sorry. I, uh, if you're listening, I was sorry. But uh, yeah. But yeah I wanted to be a man with him. And I weird was, vibe. I like Chuck, so I got to be in a band with Chuck. Um, so it was like, I don't know. And I didn't really know Jeff, but I got to know Jeff, and Jeff's a really nice guy. So it was fun. <laughs> and that's over now. That's, but it was just, it was done. Um, at the time, I had just opened a business, and I just didn't have a lot of time. Oh, we got to talk about that, too. Yeah. Fuck, but so all right. Was, okay, so this is a good segue. Um... Okay, so yeah, are you playing like, fucking like Game no, of Thrones I'm on your phone? What's going on over there? Looking up important shit. All right. videos for the upcoming discussion. All right, it's, but it's, I keep typing it in wrong. Did you keep typing in slams? I keep typing in slams, and that's right. coming. It's just ads <laughs> for Royal Pains on USA. Right. Just fucking pops Let's up. Fast All right, forward to um, there's a house party at our house. You live upstairs. I live downstairs. I don't even know where this is going. There's a big party, and we and Chris Lawrence's shitty punk friends trash your dog's kiddie pool. I was pissed. He was fucking pissed. I was right. So tell us that. So a bunch of raw punks piss in your kiddie pool. This is fast forward. Fish on breaks up. Nick becomes a. I don't think it was Chris Lawrence. I really do think it It is now. No, Chris Lawrence, nice guy. I don't think that he did that. Okay, so it is an assorted. It is a a potpourri of gutter punk fucking. One one time, a long time ago. I dropped a paycheck in Last Vestige, and Chris Lawrence, I think the right person, right? That's Chris yeah, Lawrence. Yeah. He called Pat up, and he was like, hey, that dude you always hang out with, I think he dropped a check in here. Um, can, you, can you get in touch with him and come back so I can give it back to him? And ever since he did that, I was always like, what a guy. All right. That's really nice. All right, so his so, shitty punk friends piss in your pool. Yeah, they pour ketchup. You live upstairs, and I, is this the I, same I dog? Took, you had this yeah, dog. Yeah, it was. It was okay. Yeah, because right. I was like a year and a half now. So I God, took over your, it was last summer. A little backstory. Actually. I took over your old room. I live in still live in a punk house, and it's it's really awesome. Until it's not, <laughs> and then uh, right, uh, which is the, that was the moment that it was not. Yeah, yeah. it was so, like uh, so. It was a party that way too many people were at. Yeah. That was the party. That I want to say it was a Fourth of July party. That was the little party last Shit. year that I took that girl into my room. Oh, that's probably 19 right. years old and fucking really threw it to her. It was great. And uh, that was the body car from Stone Girl. Yep, all right. From Stone. That was, that was the girl we saw at Cafe Hollywood? Yeah. Is that really? <laughs> Holy shit, wow. No, 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 oh, no, god damn it. No, uh, maybe. Putting no. this all together, I'm really, I'm, the roadmap is starting to become clear. Okay, and then uh, um, I am downstairs after the 11, and I see people starting to squirt ketchup and mustard and piss and other things into your dog's kiddie pool. 
And you're upstairs like, this is too much. You, you let told- him do it? You didn't do anything about it? What am I going to do? I don't know. You're just as guilty. You're watching <laughs> shit. Oh, you know, fuck. So, I'm, I'm, what am I going to do? <laughs> you knew Co- Kozar's day was ruined. The next day was so hot. Kozar's day all, was all ruined. All I wanted to do was just go swimming in his kiddie pool. And we went out there. The whole thing was like all like spoiled hot dogs. <laughs> like, like the grossest no. shit on the planet filling this water. It was nasty. And it like, um, it was pretty big. And it was annoying to fill for some reason. I just remember it was in that backyard maybe there wasn't a hose or something yeah. so we were like taking buckets of water and filling it up all day and finally got it filled yeah. and uh, yeah Kelsey went down the next day um, my girlfriend Kelsey went down the next day to uh, to take the dog in the pool because it was so hot outside it was like 100 degrees out and to find the kiddie pool totally destroyed with like barbecue sauce and ketchup and hot dogs and just like it seems like somebody maybe puked in it like, it was just really nasty. Um, and, okay, so I, I, there was nothing I could have done. These men were drunk. These men were... I use, they use the term men loosely. These, <laughs> these people were drunk. There was a lot of... Uh, uh, it, it was just... It, I would have... Uh, uh, it would not have been received well if I was like, Yo, <laughs> stop the bullshit. Um, plus, I had other things on my mind. All right. That's fair. But, um... Was that the was that the push off the ledge you needed to buy a house? <laughs> it definitely was. Uh, it was a contributing. Yeah. Like literally two weeks later, you bought. A I house. was like, listen, I just gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, and I thought like, yeah, it was definitely damn. it was definitely one of the uh, one of the factors. Yeah, um, it definitely made me realize that I didn't want to live in a punk house. No, I, um, I realized that probably a month after I moved in, but yet I stay. And see, the thing is, like, it shifts back and forth from being a punk house and not being a punk house. Right. Or at least it did when I lived there. Because um, if Joey's friends aren't all there, it's not really, it doesn't really have a punk house vibe. Yeah. No. But I, I, it's I, just I, when there's a party, all of those people show yeah. up. See, we and, have, um, yeah, we have parties occasionally, but it's always like there's people spill beer all over the floor and someone puked in our sink and this sounds like a fucking nightmare yeah and I'm like I have like my rooms all set up and it's nice because I'm like you know an adult I'm almost 40 and it's like I can't dodge that fucking cheap rent though yeah $380 a month that's why I liked it it's amazing. How much and did your rent jump from renting there to buying a house it actually is about the same because oh, um I got the house. I got a really good deal in the house. And I have roommates still, but they're just roommates of my choosing. So um, they're not people who are disrespectful because they know that I bought this house and that uh, Kelsey and I put a ton of time into fixing it. Because when we got it, it was pretty weird. It was like the entire inside of it was painted pink. Whoa. Um, I bought it from an old woman uh, who went into a nursing home. So um, the whole inside, like walls, molding, like everything that would be painted white in a normal house. Like if you look around this house. Um, it was all like a nasty, like, it wasn't even a nice pink. It was like a weird old woman pink. Wow. This um, sounds like a fucking So it took us, we, we had to paint like a four story house that was all <laughs> painted pink and it took us months, you know? And it's like, we, I mean, we've since done a ton of work to it and we, you know, put every dollar that we have into trying to make the house nicer. So did you buy it or did you both buy this spot? No, I did. Okay. All right. Um, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no. I wanted to see what a fucking quagmire you jumped in right there. Hold it over her head. You're like, no. Oh, it's my fucking house. It's I'm not, my fucking house. I'm not like, okay, leave. I would Where are you going to go? Yeah. That's oh, what I would, I would do. Where are you going to go? I would do that shit. Go back to the fucking piss-filled kiddie pool then, why don't you? Fucking leave. It's a cold world. Fucking leave. It's a cold world. Fucking leave, man. It's a cold world out there. No, I would never do that. But he should say that louder to the mic. Or I'll never do that. I promise. I'll never do that. <laughs> I would never do that. Um, we have to talk about your brief time as a karaoke DJ. Oh shit! Uh, but you're pulling things out of left field. I've never even heard of before. This is wild. I had a lot, right. Dude, I had a lot going on. I oh, needed to fill the shit. void that was left in my life when Aficionado ended. Because when Aficionado was, I did the same thing. I did for t- two years. Yeah, I just was doing something all the time. I always had obligations, and then uh, all of a sudden, I was sort of like, it's a clean slate. I didn't have anything going on. Um, I was a little bit older. It's almost like when you date a girl for a really long time and then you break up and then you don't have any dating skills anymore and you don't know, and you're a little older and you don't know how to work on your ass. The pool is different. I don't know know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But it was like that for me with musicians where it was like I wanted to start another band but I didn't know anybody that wasn't already in a band. All the younger kids that are in bands are 10 years younger than me so I didn't know anybody. Yeah. so I was just like trying to keep busy um, and uh, somebody asked me to fill in for them as a karaoke DJ for a couple weeks and it pays really good money because you go there for like four hours and um, you know I was getting paid like I, I want to say like 50 bucks an hour to literally just hang out at a bar that I was probably going to hang out at anyway um, you have to do the thing we're like alright and Annabelle coming up next to sing fucking we didn't start the fire <laughs> Annabelle yes and the thing is at first you can do it in a way where you are doing it ironically so it's like you can almost make fun of the thing that you're doing and it's fun you can be like this is funny I'm a karaoke DJ look at me like I'm pretending to think that this is cool but um, eventually you realize that that's like if you're doing it for long enough you're like wow this is my life and I'm not this is no longer ironic like that this is really the thing, thing yep. that I'm doing and at that point um, it that was when I knew it had to end yeah alright good move so, right, well, uh, well played but um, because what happened is I was doing it at that bar that we all went to on Lark Street called Elda's um, <laughs> and uh, but we all hung out there so all of our friends were there everybody was there for karaoke all the time um, and then that bar closed and uh, why that bar close? I think she. Um, well, Elda sold it to somebody else who now took it over. Wasn't and, there a PR nightmare involved with that place or something like that? Mm, I'm not sure. Didn't she say a bunch of racist shit? Mm, I don't think so. Mm, yeah, I believe uh, she did. I think she did. No, I think a quick. There was a short sale, and uh, I don't know. I would just like to make something up in my head. I don't mm-hmm. think so because I think that that bar was just on the market for a long time. They just had it up for sale. And uh, they were talking to these potential buyers about buying a spot that they had available in Troy. And they met at Elders on Lark. And then the people made them an offer on Elders on Lark. That's a story that I heard. That they, um, so when that closed, then I picked up another job doing karaoke in Colony. Oh, you're um, really which is fucking... some real <laughs> depressing stuff. You know, that's, that's like... Uh, yeah, can, speaking of Colony, can you hand me that twisted tea, pal? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks Here a lot. you are. I've never had one of these before. Isn't that great? My plan is to get help so- yourself to whatever's in there. My plan is to get loaded here so that I don't have to leave right away. Ah, that makes sense. I thought you were going to be. Uh, did, I don't know if we talked about it on the, on the last episode. I thought I was going to wake up to you being in the pool this morning. Like I went out for my run and I was just like, oh fuck! I didn't look to see if he was in the pool. Like shit! I really should have no, done that. Quit today. My quit tomorrow. All right. Obviously, today was actually a. Uh, I just. 
one of those days where you just get a lot of work done and you feel good about it. Um, talking about my job at St. Rose, your alma mater. The idea was if he quit today, he was just going to show up at 9 in the morning and jump in the pool, and that's how we would <laughs> make up. Close. Yeah, that's basically what I was going to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, the boss that was pissing me off uh, got the memo and it was cooled, cooled his heels. Wow, all right. So we're good. You're not going to be able to talk to uh, fucking uh, whoever the fuck it was uh, on, on the phone, though. I am uh, <clears throat> I'm in a unique position where I'm, uh, I make way too much money to do way too little. But I already have money. So I'm kind of like, I could quit and not have to work again for a little while. And I can do whatever I want. You do have business seed money you're just sitting on right now. Which is interesting. I do. Decent amount of seed money. Um, what can I open? What business can I open? Taqueria? Taqueria, maybe a calzone spot? Well, you could just look at whatever... Uh, Whatever. All right, you're taking business advice from a guy who owns a calzone place. You can just look at whatever businesses exist in any other city. That's cool, and then you can just assume that Albany (laughs) doesn't have that business, and then you just put it in Albany. That's like uh, the best part about Albany is that there's. It really is a clean. It's a blank slate. It's a blank canvas. Let's talk about this. 1994. I'm a young punk kid. I'm fucking. I'm in Albany High. I got a mohawk. I'm like. Get beat up a lot. <laughs> you know, it's just Very like, cool, yeah, fucking Albany High is like a, a racial tinderbox, and I'm just walking around with a leather jacket, fucking getting spit on. Um, but my one respite is I walk down and I go to I forget the address. Is it 253 Western Avenue? What's DP Toe's address? 212 Western. 212. Avenue. Okay, I knew it was somewhere in the 200s, mm-hmm. and I go to Last Vestige Records. That's my oasis. I go on, I bother Jack, and I look at fucking old Yes records, and that's just where I go. I skip class to go and look at records I've ever seen before. Perfect. Uh, flipped out closes. Becomes some other shit. Becomes some other shit. I played my first show there, actually, at 212 Western Avenue. Then becomes DP Doe, which is a calzone spot. And the guy, when I worked at, when I worked at Last Vestige, all the dudes that worked there called it DP Blows. DP Blows. Oh, shit. Well, cause at the, no, because at the time, at the time, it blew. No, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. All right, so DP Doe, working for a minute, working for a minute, closes. One day, the office at the head company, DP Doe, phone rings, and it's you and your line. You're like, I want to buy this failing business. And they're like, yeah, man, that's fine, whatever. Um, so... So, sorry, so you saw a business fail, and you're like, I'm going to put money into that. Well, What's going on? Because I used to work at DPD. I, that's, that is true. Um, and I watched the business go from a business that was, like, not wonderful, but was okay. And it had, uh, you know, a steady amount of orders. It, you know, it was, it was pretty busy. And uh, then I watched it slowly tank um, as months went by, and uh, just less and less, bu- less, and less business. And uh, I could see, because I worked there, I could see the reasons why. Um, very, one? very simple reasons. Like, things that you would think were crazy. No, like, worse than that. I was no motioning to my nose it's for a, anyone who's not watching this live. It's, a, it's almost like a, a cycle when a restaurant starts to fail because the restaurant doesn't have money to do general upkeep things to keep drumming up more business. And then things like menus become super expensive because you don't have any money and you don't want to invest all this money in restaurants when you're or in uh, in menus while you're losing money so so like if you have to order a bulk <laughs> amount of menus you have to plan to be open for the amount of time to 
But if you're just on a downward spiral, like at one point we were just out, like the restaurant was out of menus. So people would come in and ask me like, hey, do you guys have a menu? And my response would actually be, no, I'm like, it's all online, buddy. <laughs> and at that time, it's like, how do you expect anybody to eat at your restaurant because you didn't have a menu? Um, it just was very, and it was sort of dirty. It, it just lacked um, charm. It lacked management. It lacked uh, management. There was just nobody there. It was almost like the Wild West. It was just a bunch of, and a bunch of people that worked there were like a bunch of punk kids, actually. That just treated it like a punk house. It was like they worked when they wanted to work. They took money when they wanted to take money. They, you threw know, threw hot dog buns in the kiddie pool. Yeah, then they all threw, yeah. <laughs> they all threw uh, mm. calzones in the kiddie pool. Now, Nick, you're, um, you've got your shit now, but I need to. I'm going to play a little game with you. Okay, I want to get back to this. I'm going to so. read through the menu at DP Doe, mm-hmm. and you need to tell me. Uh, I'm going to read a menu item, and you need to tell me what the ingredients are. Okay. I, can do right. this. I, think I'm, I think I'm okay for this. Can you tell me what's in the combat zone? Uh, the combat zone is sausage, mozzarella cheese, pepperoni, mushrooms, and green peppers. Um, and uh, I think they probably on the menu says secret spices. With a side of And they all come with a side of marinara sauce, except for God, two of them. You really got that. Okay, what's in the drop zone, asshole? Drop zone. (laughs) (laughs) Who named these? Do you have access to name these things, or are you? How are you governed by the fucking company that runs the? The company made the names up. So you're like a franchise. You don't have a chance. It's a franchise. Uh, I made up one, which doesn't actually have a clever name at all. It's just called the Vegan Zone, and it uses day of cheese. Which you're out of currently. No, we're not. It says that on Grubhub. You're out. Temporarily unavailable. Dude, Grubhub is the worst. Dude, Grubhub, Grubhub got my fucking Amex declined a few days ago. Which is like fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and Grubhub doesn't. I think that they just make so much money um, that they actually don't give a shit about anybody. So they'll be like, "Yeah, your Amex is declined. Fuck you." Like, well, they, they got my Amex care. declined because I fucking submitted an order and it said that my zip code was wrong. So I'm like, "No." When I fixed my zip code and I submitted it again, said it was wrong. No, 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 no. And then they were Meanwhile, like, four hundred dollars in fucking Thai food bills." Wow. And I'm like, "Oh, these all went through. That's brilliant." So yeah, fucking Amex, awesome. Thanks, um, thanks for letting those guys do that. But as a business owner, I hate Grubhub because Grubhub takes a sort of a large cut. They take ten percent, um, and a profit margin at a restaurant where with a low price point is not that much. So when they're taking ten percent. I mean, some t- depending on what you're selling, and uh, I don't know. I mean, that they could be you could be losing money on certain orders. You just convinced me. I'm never using um, Grubhub again. I'm so actually I, fucking deleting that chip. So I don't love it. It, it is the most convenient way to order food, um, and I acknowledge that. And uh, but it that sucks. Um, but yeah, so that's why Grubhub is wrong, just because they're idiots there. Interesting. Um, I'm I, I, on this podcast. I shit you not. I'm not using fucking Seamless or Grubhub anymore. That's it. Like. The, my fucking Amex things, and now you're saying they take in 10% of that shit is like, that's it. I gained like 20 pounds since I downloaded the app, so. <laughs> there you go. So Alright, so this is fucking self improvement right here. Well, uh, can you tell me what's in the uh, danger zone? Oh, the danger zone is uh, feelings. Hamburger, um, cheddar cheese, onions, hot sauce, and uh, taco seasoning. God damn, it's like in order too. Damn, this is I, I this is It's almost like he spends a lot of time there. It's yeah. almost like you live at DB. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like I own it. Now one time I ordered tots, regular tots, and I received cheesy bacon tots. That sounds dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I ordered and then but I also ordered a uh, buffer zone and I received I received the cheese zone. 
The same happened? order. Yeah. Um, and you got somebody else's order. I did. It, yeah. was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. The buffer zone is better than the cheese zone, though. Yeah. Well, so if you had called, they would have just sent you a free calzone at that moment. No, it would be. That's totally our fine. policy. That's totally fine. Um, so you're in a band now. Well, well we, we, I, haven't, I haven't resolved this DP Doe thing. All right. all right, so you see a business fail, and you're like, all right, I know why this is failing. I'm going to go. I'm just going to fucking throw in on this. Because I, I had worked there for a long time, and I kind of knew the ins and outs of the business. So I felt like I could have done a better job. I, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you're like, listen, to your boss, you say, like, I could do your job. You know, I can do better than this guy. So then when he actually closed it, I was like, you know what? Now's my chance to prove it. I always said I could do better. I'm going to do better. How many people did you pull in to do that? This is where I transition to a business podcast. Whoever can plus 15 this shit. Yeah. So um, me, Craig Dutra, and um, the person who was living with Craig Dutra at the time, Steven Stringer, um, we all threw in money together. And uh, Equal amounts? You guys are all equal partners? Equal amounts. Um Craig actually ended up, uh, because in the first year, we'd opened at a weird time, and the way the business model works is it only generates a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of income during the semester. School year, yeah. It's pretty much just like a college-oriented restaurant. It's right in um, the heart of uh, the college neighborhood. But, this uh, is the neighborhood where you uh, almost fucked the girl who looks like Herman the Frog. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I also That's also the neighborhood where I was uh, tricked by two OK Cupid girls into a hooker house. Remember that? There's a hooker house That's the same one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's Kermit true. the Frog, right? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's oh, yeah, there's the a hooker Kermit. house there. There's uh I didn't know that there was... Yeah, on Morris Street, right off of... Quay. What? Yeah. Hooker I thought that was like a nice area. No. Down near West Vestage, forget it. Yeah, I guess... Oh, it, over there, it West slides downhill pretty quick. Oh, that's, that's Hudson over there. For the benefit of you. No, this is like... Right, before, right near you know Quail Street Market. Yeah, it's like around the corner. Right, I, that's okay. Where I so that's not a. That's where I had to take these two fucking hoes, these two hookers. One of them had a Kermit the Frog hoodie. I had to take them there to get beer, and then I was like, "Oh wait, I gotta go get my weed in my car." And I jumped in my car and <laughs> just fucking vroomed it. Yeah, because I was on Okay Cupid's girl was kicking it, and I was like, "Cool." And then I get there at the fucking hooker house, man, with all other dudes walking around and them banging, like yeah, high traffic. I'm not kidding. I didn't even know that that was a thing that happened in Albany, New York. 100%, oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> a block that. away from DP Doe. In the we were just happening right down the block from me. I had no idea. In the well, wait, would they call Central Avenue on USA.sexguide.info? Oh, Nick, I'm going to open you up to a whole Oh, yeah, get ready for I'm this. I'm going to ruin your life, man, because there are hoes in Albany. There are, <laughs> and there are hoes, and there's a thing called the, the track, right? The track. Yeah, the track. It's from South Lake all the way up to Quail. That's where the hoes hang out after midnight. There's, if you go on this website, usasexguide.info, there's a group of men who post in the Albany Schenectady Troy forum and talk about back page hookers, escort reports, which are UTR or under the radar hookers. <laughs> UTR. Who give. And if you find a UTR that gives GFE, which is an under-the-radar hooker, that gives a girlfriend experience, which includes kissing, which includes oral sex. Fighting. Second, yeah, fighting. Like arguing um, about the electric bill. Yeah, getting stabbed in the back with a, a, a infected syringe. Yeah, you stabbed me with a big pen. I fucking love you. Oh, my God. You. I love you so much. I think you're the one. In a rage, you broke my debit card in half. <laughs> fucking asshole. How am I supposed to pay you? It's not like I have cash. You know? Yeah. And... Uh, that, yeah, that's that's where it exists, and there's lots of prostitution and, and drug addict problems, and loose women and all that. 
Yeah. I had no idea. No, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a whole world. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to the underbelly. No, no. I've never, never, never done that. Only in Europe because it's fun. It's better in Europe. Um. So okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So where were we with business before we started talking about the hookers? Um. Okay. So you guys. <laughs> I'll go in on it, and the business is wildly seasonal, but you can't close in the off-season. It's not like you can right. close in fucking summer. So, so what do yeah. you do in the summer, then? Like, uh, you try to drum up business for non-college students, um, which actually, I think, uh, we're better off than a lot of locations at DPW, because uh, some places are in towns that it's just the college. Like, where when college is out, it's, like, literally a ghost town. Yeah. Um, the population reduces to zero. Um, Athens, Ohio is an example because um, OU is there um, but the whole town is just nothing is there except for the college um, State College, <laughs> Pennsylvania is another example Yeah, that's um, a very bleak example but uh, these places do extremely well during the semester um, but during the summer because it clears out so much it's actually it's really hard for them to do any business um, but Albany has state workers um, it's got so and there's a whole state campus that's up there um, and those people all eat out every day. Can you do a DPDO truck? Is that in your franchise rights? Um, I'm actually not sure. Um, Albany has pretty strict food truck laws, though. Um, and I think that they only allow you to park down by the Capitol. I think it's the only place where you can park a food truck in Albany. Insane. Which Insane. is crazy. It is. Insane. If you had a food truck on Lark Street on a Friday, Saturday yeah, night, you'd make a million bucks. What if you... All right. Here we go. I'm working here. Mm. All right. I think there's a loophole around the food truck law because I think you have to be parked in a location for a certain amount of time. So maybe you could, like, move really slowly. All right. Here's the sickness. <laughs> All right, get right. Here we go. There was a guy in Greenpoint who would just hand out cards. And he was just like, hey, you want a lobster? Make you a lobster roll. It's no problem. And you would have to go to a house in Greenpoint and be like... Like, to, like, the basement window. Like, oh, oh. I have a lobster oh. roll. You know, and the guy's like, yeah, five minutes. And the dude, like, hands you a lobster roll from the basement of this spot. It's, like, amazing. It's super good. So here's what you do. In the summer, you have a sketchy person go around the campus and whatnot, like the state workers' campus and whatnot, with cards, and just be like, you want, like, a, a calzone? You want a combat zone, dude? I got it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you want a combat you have a guy start a sketchy food truck delivery business that only people know about, and you're bankrolling it, but no one really fucking knows, because it's whatever, it's just a guy in, like, a fucking Crown Royal. Um, and, yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's how you get through the summer month. You just do some real sketchy shit like that. So that's it. That's it's not uh, a bad idea. I'm going to use it. There's my million-dollar idea. I give one out every single podcast, and that, that one's for you. Fucking put it to action. When every other city on Earth has many... Many services set up like that where you can just order anything and they'll bring it to you. Albany, you have to work a little bit harder. We yeah, just got, we just got a Whole Foods this year. It's pretty bad. Not a great Whole Foods, but and it's, it's still better than the fucking co-op, which is like it's a fucking. Okay. I, went, I actually went to Whole Foods yesterday. Whole Foods is yeah. great. I sit there. That's my. It used to be my Saturday morning John. Is you, you go there before noon? There's a woman. <laughs> We almost went to the mall today, and I realized we could not go without you. Thank so you. we're like, yeah, we didn't go. Can we go tomorrow? We can go tomorrow. Okay, great. 
Jake Crew um, sales over though. That's no, no son son of of I care about tomorrow. I'm way. I, I, the Albany J Crew is it's real bad. It's not but bad. The, the cool thing about the Albany J Crew though is that when I go to the one where real people go, there's never anything in my size. But the, the one yeah, here, it's exactly. always just like fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, they get like uh, the only things that I buy from there are when people return things that they bought on the internet. Only thing ever bought there, there and uh, it'll like, it'll be like a Wallace and Barnes jacket or something, and it'll go to sale in Albany because nobody wants it. Yep, and. Uh, yeah, that, that's the only stuff. Whenever there's like a Wallace and Barnes thing there, I'm always like, oh. The guy who runs the J. Crew here is a guy I went to high school. Yeah, he's a nice dude. He's a nice guy, but like, we can't make eye contact. You know, that's not how this works. So I'm just like, mm. and then I like I look around and then I leave like looking at my feet. So yeah, I gotta edit that guy's name out. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so. All right, so DP Doe is now doing 70% overall DP Doe. That's correct. Is wow. that right? Yeah. Is that real? Holy, yeah, I just about, pulled that number out of my ass. No, that's about right. It's about like 65, 70%. Holy wow. shit. Um, yeah, I was going to shit all over this, but that's really during, fucking good. Uh, during the summer, it's hard because like, but we are like, so the other day we had a day where we did 132% higher than we did last year. Wow. wow. So on the same day. So it's like. We actually have some days during the summer now that are busy. Um, we're significantly busier than we were last summer, but that was what I was saying is like when we opened, we opened at a weird time because we opened in April. Um, so we only had April, May of the semester, and then it went right into summer. So we only, we were a new business trying to get on our feet, and then all of a sudden you're just, you hit summer. Um, just a new business trying to get on the feet. I just trying to get on the feet. Yeah, it's a new bit. You know, it's a new business. Just trying to get on the feet. Uh, you know, every day you gotta you gotta pull your pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> I was so sad in the car that we weren't recording when you did that. Like you uh, actually Pete. brought Pete to life. It was wild. All right, man. Oh, right, you ever? You know, I never leave the house with a wrinkled shirt. <laughs> The, the, the you might need the president. I took a picture, picture of my kids when they were babies. <laughs> I got a picture of my kid when they were babies. You got to get on the news. Man. I met that my. I met that mother at a street concert. Uh, <laughs> children are God's hard work. Or like that. Children are God's test. Children's God. You have a child. It's God's test. <laughs> It was like, Pete, yes. Pete, yeah. this is, that's the character I do for the podcast called Pete the Janitor. He's a Hispanic, he's a proud Latino man. Um, his parents are from Puerto Rico. He's born in this country, but he's a proud Latino man. Um, hates Dominicans. Is very into being a man and equates having a cell phone to being a man. Also, very into the kids that he doesn't see. Um, he laments the fact that the, his marriage fell apart and he talks about meeting his wife at a street concert once. When you block off the street, you know when they got the street blocked off and the, the fool guy, and I met, saw her through the crowd and I was like, that's the girl for me and I tried real hard to talk to her but the music was very loud. <laughs> you go to Cricket Alex Torres, yeah. You go to Cricket Wireless, you get the phone, and you get in your you get in your car, and you plug it in, you you feel like a man. <laughs> you feel like a man for the first maybe the first time in your life. <sighs> I'm a man. I got a phone. You're the man now. Um, all you right. don't want to go down there. <laughs> Yeah. It's fucked up how much joy we still get out of it. It's been like 20 episodes of this. We're still I like so much joy. Go down there. We're doing uh, a live podcast soon, and I'm going. I'm debating um, 
uh, dressing up like Pete. I think it's a good idea. Hi, everybody. I just want to let you know. If you drop something, you better pick it up because you know that I gotta pick it up later on. <laughs> I got the Bombay uh, Fernando Tatis. Fernando Tatis is my man. Oh, oh man, imagine a Fernando Tatis game. Oh, yeah. Bartolo Colon. Yeah, we can just get together 10 grand real quick. And <laughs> yeah, what you got going on, Fernando? Yeah, I'll do a meet and greet, man. You know, like, this is Fernando Tatis. Uh, is the only uh, Major League Baseball player to gain 100 pounds to be better at baseball. Wow. I can't believe Bartolo Colon's not on that list, though, at the same time. That dude, like, really, really, Anyway, all right, so, all right, so DP Doe doing actual (laughs) numbers, which is wild. Like, I I, I was really excited to fucking push your buttons, but this is, uh, that's nice. You know, sometimes I get real hungry at night. (laughs) And I'd say, uh, you know, it was the only thing to open sometimes, two, three in the morning when I can't sleep. (laughs) Get off work. I get off work, I can't sleep. DP Doe. I just say, give me something. Give me a calzone with sausage. And then in five, ten minutes. <laughs> All right. Problem. We're we're going soup way longer than I expected, which is good. I, I like having a lot of content. It's but we got to get to the meat and potatoes of this shit. All right. Man. All right. So, All right. punks piss in your pool. Yeah. And you're like, I'm out. I'm buying a house. Yeah. That was great. Then, that was such a cool, like, exit stage left moment. Where you're like, <laughs> two weeks later, where you were like, peace. Zip. <laughs> And then your old manager fucking puts a bunch of shit up his nose and fucking fucking tanks his business and like I got this. I got this. We're gonna get to we're gonna get to Royal Slams now. Okay. Alright. So what's Nick, going on here? So Nick, you're in a band called Royal Slams, who is um uh well we didn't uh what uh okay, so we <laughs> So last night we listened to it. And we were reading the YouTube comments, who are people... Are, oh, yeah, some of them are great. They're real dicky. I like how, uh, I think one of them is, uh, it says it's like a mix between alternative music and country. I missed that one. Um, which is, I have it open if you'd like me to read oh, it. Perfect. Oh, excellent. Because let's, let's get thing, right into it. The thing it. that you need to understand is that the band is signed to Rise Records. I don't um, say, I pretend I don't know what that is because I actually don't. Rise Records is a label that made a lot of money off a band like, uh, I want to say... I think they're an EVR band. Yeah, okay. But this is like a, a bands like Attack Attack, I think. Okay. Um, like real crab music. Uh, <laughs> and okay. so they made a lot of money off of these crab core bands, and people call it Rise Core, which is just like the a, a not very good kind of uh, of metalcore. Yeah, understood. Um, so a lot of the kids that like this label who would check out a song that we would have posted on like the Rise Records YouTube, which is what you guys are looking at, um, our kids with like they have th- they're wearing shirts with with a crazy font that you can't read you know it's just like <coughs> metalcore kids um, so when they hear just like I don't know whatever kind of music we play like alternative emo music they don't understand they don't understand why it's not metalcore and then can't comprehend what's happening at all because the thing that we're doing we actually perceive to be very very normal like we're not like aficionado I was like oh we're artsy and weird and we do I would shit. call what you're doing aggressively normal. Yeah, I think it's, 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 but it's literally, it's not trying to not be normal. It's trying to literally, like, I was trying to be weird for a long time, and I was like, let's just do a band that just plays, like, normal-ass songs. Um, and that's what this band is. It's just songs that they have a verse, a chorus, and another verse, a bridge, a chorus, and that's the song, you know? And it's just, it's just simple. And, uh, but these kids, some of them 
Hate it. Let's take a few <laughs> swings. Take a few swings at the plate. What do you got? Um, well, not sure how I feel about this. Give me, give me, I, I want usernames too. <laughs> Marion Mitt says two months ago, not sure how I feel about this. Sad face. Sad emoji. Do you have a response to that? Yeah, I want you to reply to every one of these uh, uh, dicky YouTube comments, please. I mean, that one's not that bad. I, she's, <laughs> she's, okay. she's, the jury's out. You know, maybe Let's, she likes it, maybe she doesn't. You know, it's going to grow on her, possibly. Lefty Nunez would like you to know that this is really fucking bad. (laughs) (laughs) What does the person look like in their... uh... They have swoopy hair. Of course. And they're wearing a shirt with a uh, a band that you can't read. There you go. What I just described. All right. Um, RC Corsa would like you to know, Nick, I don't understand the video. (laughs) I mean, I think the video is pretty cut and dry. I'm just walking around. Nothing happened. We'll get to the video in a second. We'll get to the video in a second. We've done our research. I'm just walking around wearing white pants. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you do a couple other things in your video, my friend. It's nice instrumentally. Hutter 368 would like you to know that. It's nice instrumentally, but I'm not keen on his voice, really. Homo. Homo? Does he really say that? Yeah. That's sick. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm just... I'm just <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, no. Well, Christian Kirk... I would have like, liked the comment better if it said that. Christian Kirk would like you to know. A generic song you would hear on the radio. Mason OO comes up to your defense and says, What radio are you listening to? Oh, shit. I need some of that. Oh, and then Mason Christian Kirk says, I don't listen to the fucking radio. Wow. I just think the song is a little plain. This kid's punk. Zero likes. Zero likes. There you go. Okay. No one agrees with this guy. Do you actually, do you get like, when you like, because I know, when you're in a band, you're stoked on it. And, uh. I actually don't, uh, with this, with the Fishado I did, I would, with the Fishado, I would read all the reviews, and I cared so much because I just like, it was like the only thing I was doing at that time. So it was my, <laughs> I don't know, I felt like it was my complete expression in my life. life. And when people would say things about it that just showed that they just didn't understand it or didn't get it or they were just totally it, or they just hated it and they gave moronic criticisms like this, um, I would get you a little bit right now. I would get pretty upset about it. Um, but with this band, I actually don't care at all. Um, okay, great. Okay, great. I really don't. I don't know. It doesn't bother me one bit. Um, if someone was to start listening to Royal Slam, Slam, what would be the song that they would start with? Well, probably uh, Dig, which is the song the music video is for, or uh, the other song, which is called Anything, which was the first song that we released off of the EP. Okay. Uh, Victor Arias would like you to know. I sense a Taking Back Sunday vibe mixed with Bayside vocals. Yawn. I mean, if I don't, I think yawn at both of those things as well. So I don't. Um, <laughs> All right. I, uh, no, Nick, I, Nick, just so you don't jerk the wheel on the way home, um, Paulina29 says, epic smiley face. You know, uh, my women girl, send my faces. girl, Paulina. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people on this uh, yeah. thread here say that it has a Taking Back Sunday vibe. People you say that about Aficionado too. Um, I hope that these things don't... I don't know. I hope these things don't sound like Taking Back Sunday, but I don't really know. I don't know what that shit sounds um, like, so it's not going to help me at all. You know, I haven't listened to Taking Back Sunday in probably... This, to me, and we played it last night doing research, mm. this, to me, sounds like... Uh, did you ever watch Party Down? 
Yeah. This sounds like Karma Rocket. This sounds like Kyle's band Karma Rocket. I actually don't remember what that band was like. We'll have to play that. We'll play it shortly. Um, But this is what I found interesting. Self-made man. You own a dog. You have a business selling calzones. Long-term girlfriend. Long-term girlfriend. Um, Own a car. You're going to kick her out when uh, when things get hard because it's your house. And yeah. uh, own a car, probably a few a few it's payments cold. left. It's a cold world. Cold world. Where else are you gonna get stay? out? Go to the hot dog pool. You're lucky this house has so many rooms. I actually just yeah. got I got a new car last week. I have a lot of payments oh, left. Shit. All right. Nice. So somebody says we're gonna do a video where you wake up in the desert and wander around and eat fruit, and your response is, yeah, yeah, I, I identify with that. Yeah. You are you for people who haven't seen it, you wake up in a crater. In a crater. Like a bomb crater. And you are wandering the desert. And then it's interspersed with um, clips of you playing music. Your bandmates playing music. <clears throat> there we are. Then also... White pants. Yeah, also. In the desert. Clean. It's like, basically you're wandering around. And then suddenly you start eating fruit. I lost the plot at that point. I like at the point where you started to do like tool video shit. I like I laid down on the floor and uh, that I was, actually was right. hoping the video would be more like a tool video because we were in the desert. I thought stuff would be dust, maybe a little dustier. Um, we actually had an idea to maybe have me like open a box and have nothing be inside Jesus of it. Christ. Um, but and then just like blow the dust off of it. So who who art directed this? Who was like, oh, I got this. Yeah. Um, and and did they charge you? A significant amount of money. The label paid for it. Great. Um, I actually don't know how much money it cost. Um, and uh, what was really cool about it is in the in the budget, which is this again, it's into the real like me part of it, the part that I identify with. Um, the idea it was winter in in New York. Um, it was February, March. Mm-hmm. It was cold as fuck. And uh, and the idea is pitched at me that I fly to a desert to film this music video and it's the flight is included in the budget for the video that's pretty sick um, and I say well can we fly to Las Vegas I, I assumed it was outside of Los Angeles because it looks like it. Like, it's, well it's the uh, that desert um, the Mojave yeah, yeah the Mojave yeah okay there it is. Yeah, there yeah, yeah, I don't know why I blanked on that but it's the Mojave desert uh-huh. and it's uh, yeah but so it was a really good opportunity for me to fly to Las Vegas and be in the warmth in an atmosphere where I could gamble in a casino. Um, <laughs> Great. And also shoot a music video at the same time. And uh, Different gambles. Sure. Different gambles. Yeah. So, Nick, the people want to know, you're eating fruit in the video. Mm-hmm. What does that signify? Because you're eating a lot of fucking fruit. And it's not like you're sitting down eating fruit, cutting it up, and fucking eating, showing fruit. You're pounding fruit. Well, I think that I was wandering the desert for a long time, and I was essentially starved, and I was I was just lost, like, can't find anyone, anything. And then I come upon this weird display of fruit that's buried in the sand. Is that a, is, that's obviously metaphoric. What, is it, what does it signify? Well, because what happens is... If, I actually don't know. I don't really remember what the idea was for the metaphor, to be honest about it. Mm, um, about that girl that you and Patrick argued about? No, it's definitely not. Is this song about the breakup of a fish not? No, but a lot of the songs are about... Excuse me. 
ask, you've known us for a long time, and you can't fuck, you can't give us this ultimate. Oh, actually, maybe that maybe shit. that one sort of is because thank you. Maybe that one sort of is. A lot of the songs share the theme of just uh, of just growing, kind of of being old, and then not being able to find joy in the things that you used to find joy in, and finding that depressing. You think we're um, old? Do you think you're old right now? I know. Oh, they, no, right, but I'm just... Let's turn I, the mic but, up for this one. But I've gotten... I mean, I've gotten older <laughs> playing in bands, and a lot of the way that I view shows and the way that I view a lot of the things that I had done throughout my life has changed. Yeah. Um, you just get a different perspective on things. And uh, I don't know, things that I used to really, really find a lot of joy in, um, I may not find as much joy in now, and I sort of miss the feeling that I used to get when I used to really love going to shows and doing that whole thing. Um, so it's just like the desire to be inspired by music again. Um, it's great. And a lot of songs are about that sort of thing. I mirror, I, I, I mirror your enthusiasm for that. It's great. <laughs> My big overarching question watching this, yeah. and I was starting to get into it and then we got sidetracked. You're doing real adult shit right now. Yeah. Making money, whatever. Like fucking having doing your fun, thing. making money. Somebody having fun, always, making money. I always like to say when people ask me what's up. <laughs> and it's then true. somebody says, "I want you to do this desert video where you eat fruit." And you're like, "All right, yeah, that sounds that that sounds that's up my alley." At what point do you reconcile the fact that clearly, I mean, clearly you will be clowned for this, like strongly, like it's that's just how it's going to go. Right. Well, the thing is, I think that you have to people who know me are going to clown me for this. No shit. I mean, clear we're doing it right now. Right, but I think that people who don't know me might see it and think it's a cool video. Well, that's I think my most question. Things, it's like, it all depends on YouTube commenter, who's watching it. YouTube commenter Nathan Karuba says, you've probably ruined the song for everyone. Oh, that's, uh, that's because I actually recognize that comment. Um, the one prior, somebody mocks the lyrics. Oh, I'm a dickhead, I'm a dickhead, I'm a dickhead. Oh, what's you. happening? <laughs> but it actually doesn't sound like that at all. So my question... Don't take it personally. <laughs> Listen, hurry, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy, just let it out, man. <laughs> Alright, so my question is, at what point do you draw a line in the sand and you decide, well, I'm going to try and make it playing music. So, like, fuck you, I'm going to do a video where I walk around and I eat fruit and I will live with being shit on by people I know. Was it a certain point where you woke up in the middle of the night and you're like, okay, fruit! And like, I was just like, and like I'm, just, I'm gonna do this. No, I want to know. I'm, I'm wildly curious as to what point during the flight you were like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I really don't care at all about very much. There you go. Um, all right. Anymore. Interesting. You know, so I'll just do whatever. I'm down for whatever. These are dichotomies and, uh, I find really interesting. And with this video, I, the thing that I was. So the things that I were uh, that I was adamantly against, against in this uh, whole process, I did not want to do a video where the band fake rocked out. You fake rock out in this video. I don't. I don't. We're, I'm just saying. It's literally me standing there singing, looking disinterested because I was. All right. So so no yeah. warehouse shots. So there's no shots of us like headbanging, throwing guitars around our body, like freaking out. There's no fake crowd that's pretending to be really into it and singing along. I was just like none of that. Um, and I will do anything but that. So what we did is we just tried to make a video that was visually sort of cool where nothing really happens. <clears throat> and that's sort of what we did. We went to the desert. It looks cool. It looks nice. It's big open space. Um, I'm wearing white pants. The reason, and, we're asking, uh, the reason we're asking you all of these questions is so that you will defend it and say, fuck you to everybody who hates it. More or less. Yeah, like I, that, that's what I'm most curious about. It's great. 
fruit. I we've come to the part where you're eating fruit. But if people, but I'm not even. I don't even say fuck you. If people don't like it. Okay, Nick, I don't mind. Nick, 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 I it's a, just off your radar. Yeah. I, have a, I don't a, even. I don't even really read it. I do have a big time question about this part, where you um, hold on. It's coming up. The part where I make a weird face. The part where you... <laughs> I make a weird... There's a part after I eat the fruit where I make like a really weird maniacal face and, and, and the camera zooms in, in on it, which I actually think is a part where it almost... Uh, right. We've been sharing this for, <laughs> for a few hours now. It's, it's the part that almost is where I acknowledge that the video is funny because that part is clearly funny. <laughs> it's not being bought. Cool. But that part is funny. It's the funniest part in the video. Oh, we thought it was a fucking scream when we were watching. That was, yeah, that was the part where I did pause and lay down. Yeah, that's sort of like floor. that's sort of like the kicker. That's like the that's the part. That's <laughs> great. All right, so let's get down to brass tacks then. People uh, people are saying that this sounds like the Foo Fighters on. Uh, are you angling? on the comments? Is that what you're angling for? Yeah. Like, okay, because I, I would actually blow the top of my head off. If I know. Say I, you guys, about you that. guys hate the Foo Fighters. I don't love the Foo Fighters. I like the first Foo Fighters record. Well, I like the first, like, four songs on it. Um, I like I'll Stick Around. I like, uh... I'll this... Stick Around, I'll Stick Around. The song about Kurt Cobain. Oh, yeah. That's a nice song. The song that's like, um... It's like the, whatever the first song on that record is. I only know this because I... Oh, that's on that one, too, yeah. Yeah. There's another one, though. It's a little soft. It's like, uh... Fingernails are pretty... Fingernails are good. That song is very bad. That song's pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Okay, I remember that. Um, but I like like a handful of songs on that record. But I don't. I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan beyond that. Okay. But I don't mind like a like that big kind of alt rock band comparison. I, w- I wish that pe- more people thought that and less people thought that we sounded like a real niche band like Taking Back Sunday. So you're straight up, you just, you're trying, this is trying to be your career at, that, at this point. I mean, if it could be, I wouldn't be mad about it. But it's not like, but I'm also not putting everything. What is this? You don't know what this is. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's a visual component to this and there's also uh, like a... Uh, a locals-only component to this that I I will never be able to express realistically. But this is what I didn't what want. This, the video I was going to say this is this shit's dangerous. This is a local band that I won't mention that tried so hard to go for it. And this was like the fucking Joe Flacco hail mary pass of going for it <laughs> and. Yeah, it was like it was intercepted wildly. You gotta listen to the song too, because we used to watch this video. Me and Pat used to watch this video, dying, dying, pissing my pants in the front seat of the van, dying watching this because it's so ridiculous. Just everything about this is ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So we won't dwell on this too much. This is my fear for you, though. Oh shit! We got something's happening on the phone right now. Uh, This is this is my great fear for you. No, I wouldn't because I'm not going that hard. And this is, like, catering specifically towards some, like, real... It's got, like, a real... It's got a thing. It's, it's got, got a real thing, thing going on. It so uh, has a thing. And the thing that we're doing is some real, like... We're sort of embracing the fact that we're all, like, 30-year-olds. Or, actually, some of the dudes in my band are not quite as old. But, like, Gary and I are both... I think Gary might be 31. I'm 31. Um, and I think we're just kind of like, if this happens, that's cool. If it doesn't, 
that's cool. Probably going to play some shows. Probably going to record some records. Well, um, before I wish you well walking down that road, I always want. I want you to every night watch this before you go to sleep. No, I will never. I, it will never be that. God, this is so good. I wish. I, knew I want to share I this so I, fucking bad, but it's just I wish like, I knew who it was. Oh we'll, no, we'll, we'll get into it. Oh god, look at these assholes. Oh, look at this fucking asshole! Wow. All right. We uh, are going very long. We are going long. But the Tumblr universe has also brought some questions to the table. Oh, fuck. That's right. <clears throat> no, we have a um, we have an audience that can only be uh, described as raw. <laughs> can it? Mostly from Canada and Australia. Some Euros. Um, someone. Actually, no. Uh, Did they kick out the fucking big guy who looks like a bird before they shot this? Oh. The fucking oh. the blonde kid? Uh... They oh, did. This fucking they did. stupid woman. Oh my god, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my I life. I always thought that if they had such a big budget for that, because I think that this, so the story of this is that they got um, a pretty big budget from the record label, whatever major label they signed to or whatever, and uh, they blew a large portion of that money on this video. Um, and I just always thought that they could have got a more attractive woman. Yeah, for real. It's also like clearly shot in Chinatown, but it seems to me that you could have saved a lot of money just not shooting that in Chinatown for yeah. that one shot at the end. Yeah. Wow. All right, yeah. That was... Uh, God damn. God damn, God damn. I thought it was awesome. They could have hired God like maybe... Uh, like even like a... Like a known actress. Yeah, why not? Like a, you have a real budget? Sure. Like get like a... I don't know. Somebody that... Like up and comer, you know? Rising um, to the, the top a, of their career. There's a porn series called Up and Comers. <laughs> and Girls Out West. <laughs> yeah, have you ever watched Girls Out West, Nick? No. What's that? It's a porn it's a site. New site. Okay, so, Nick, you have a you have some IHP going right now, so you probably don't need to beat off that much. But when you do watch <laughs> porn, you guys all know what IHP means, right? You know, I, I caught it. It's very good. good. You fucking yeah! You, you go. You, you can. She's walk. packing a bag right now, but you know. Where's she gonna it's go? Right. It's a cold world. Nah, it's out cold there. world out there. Um, so you're going to James' house. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, um, come on in. You know. yeah. No, J- James has calmed down a lot. He's not as uh, he's not a wild partier anymore. He's got he's on the straight and narrow. Considering that when we played in Cleveland together, um, he tried to buy coke off a homeless person and <laughs> ended up with. Two rocks, two rocks of crack. I love that. That was funny. <laughs> that was the greatest thing um, ever. I also liked the show on that tour where he definitely like busted out his fur coat. And oh yeah, fur coat that yeah, that yeah. show or whatever. Yeah. And everybody was so mad. Yeah, that was me in particular. Yeah, we were all like. <laughs> in retrospect, I actually think all this stuff is really funny. Yeah, and I'm really it, when you're not in the middle of it, funny yeah. as shit. Um, and now right. I actually, I almost miss some of it. Like I, I miss all the antics. No, um, I think we're, we're I'm ready for a reunion tour. You know. like, yeah, is, yeah. This a, is this an exclusive? I'm ready. Aficionado. No, I've been ready. Reunion tour. I've been ready. We got to get Kristen Erwitz on a plane over here, though. Him and Kiki got to get on a plane. It's a tall order. Wow. So, okay. I was going to try to organize a reunion show, but I'm actually not around the full weekend that Kristen Erwitz is coming in September. I'm going to Brown's game. Fucking assholes coming in September. You didn't tell me. He's can coming, we... I think, between September 17th and 20th. Chris, you're a piece of shit. Can we talk about the Browns? We talk about the Browns all day. I actually would like to maybe start like a side podcast with you that just talks about fantasy football. I would do it in a minute. All right. 
because yeah, but it would be we're all in a fantasy football league together. Yeah, I don't think any of us did particularly well. Maybe you just learned the remember. fucking game a little better. We can still talk about it though. Maybe yeah. that's the thing. We got to talk about it more, yeah. get the juices flowing. I don't know if I can do it better in the league. You're not gonna do it. I don't know, man. Come on, that was rough. Like, you gotta use that failure as inspiration to get sucks. better. Being a grown man and being like standing on a couch yelling at Julio Jones. That's, that's what I, fucking sucks. You know? That's actually the only thing that I think doesn't suck. Oh, <laughs> the only thing. Somebody told me a story about the other day, some uh, kids from Boston that I was talking to about, about their friend who uh, they, were, they were watching some football game and it was like maybe a, a year the Patriots lost in the Super Bowl. And uh, it would have been uh, versus the Giants, 2011, yeah. probably and, or 12. Uh, which was that? I think it was 12. How he cried at the end of the game. How he yeah. was sitting there like, like quivering, and he went up to him and he was just like, "Man, I just, I just watched him every week, and I just can't believe this happened." <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? I fucking love that guy because I love any grown man that is so passionate that they will just, they will actually cry over football when the Seahawks lost." To me, oh, it's the only thing that I actually will cry over <laughs> at this point in my life. When the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl. Uh, with three seconds left, to I would have cried. Fucking if I were you, I would have cried. No, Did you I cried like a fucking baby. Yeah. I came home, I I hit the sides of my bed. I was so proud. <laughs> oh of this. I would have started throwing stuff. I would have, dude, because the thing that happened. I mean, it was a total Browns play. I don't want to talk about it. I really I don't. But it was a thing that only happens to the Cleveland Browns. And I respect the, the boldness of the play, but I I question its. Necessity. But I would have been, I would have been so upset, and I would have cried. I cried like a baby. It was unbelievable to me. But uh, we're in really good shape, heading toward you know the next couple of years. I haven't seen no Browns news whatsoever, aside from fucking Johnny Manziel acting you know like a fucking lunatic. Well, he, he actually, um, he hasn't done a lot of bad stuff this off season for the you know. It, actually, no news around this time of year for the Browns is good news <laughs> well, yeah. because normally at this time of year did you, you hear sign, every person on the team is suspended. Did you just um, sign Terrell Pryor as a receiver? They did, um, but at really? but at absolutely no cost. I, it's a guy that you know. He'll compete, and he's a physical freak. The dude is a big like Calvin Johnson. So if by some chance he can play receiver and shows that in camp, that's a great steal. But you, need, right. you need somebody to I mean, throw passes to. Uh, yeah, what's what's going on there? It's Josh McCown, um, who I think will look more similar to Josh McCown of the Bears two years ago than he did last year on the Bucks. The Bucks had the worst offensive line in football. He didn't have time Morgan to throw the there. ball. They have two good receivers, but it doesn't matter when you can't, you know, if you can't step back. This, the dude took one step back and was had was overwhelmed and was overwhelmed immediately. <laughs> and you really can't judge a quarterback's performance in that scenario. Doug Martin hasn't been playing nearly as well. Um, so it's like they have no offensive line, no real running game, and they just have two huge receivers. And, you know, McCown, <clears throat> but Cleveland is the exact opposite situation. Like, almost literally. They have not huge receivers, but they have a really dominant offensive line. Possibly top, I would say, top five offensive line in football. All right, we're getting some reactions here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, you know, so they're going to try to win this year by playing strong defense. By playing strong defense. They okay. have a good defensive line. Um, they have a really good secondary, probably top three secondary in the NFL. And uh, according, to a, according to a lot of rankings, we can queue them up if you want. But according to a lot of rankings, they're ranked in the, like definitely in the top five. Some people say that they are the second best secondary in the NFL, second to the Seahawks. Um, uh, can you say that again? Second to the second who? to the Seattle Seahawks. Thank you very much. We have a great secondary. 
Who have a, the best secondary since uh, the 50s? Like, since teams in the 50s. But I think, like, the Jets are up there in the secondary. They have a really great secondary as well. Um, but, I, but I think Cleveland's going to try to play really solid defense. Um, they're going to try to run the football. And they're going mini- to what, what they say they're going to do so they're is gonna, they're going to minimize so their quarterback gonna, position. So they're going to try to put him in good positions. That means no third and long. That means no, you know, it's either going to try to. So what you're saying is the Browns are going to. Play um, smart, safe <clears> football. They're going to they're gonna play defense. They're going to throw the ball. And then they're also going to run the ball. That's morally, I, ca- I caught that too. Yeah. No, but I, but I think that they're, I think <laughs> they're going to win the game by, they're going to win games by being good on, being really good on defense. I don't and then controlling the pace of the game because they're going to develop a strong running game behind a very dominant offensive line. Okay. That's what I think. All right. Well, and we I, got under, I actually just have under a, a month. To, I have uh, a, I have a side bet of my other fantasy league going with Brian Dutra where I bet him $100 at the Browns go 9-7. and seven. Strong bets. I bet um, nine and seven would mean the first winning record for the Browns in years. So I mean, that's a, it is a strong bet. But last year they were in first place in late November. Um, they were six and three at one point, um, and they could have been seven. I mean, it could have been seven and three alone in first place going into like going into the end of November, I which is pretty good for the Browns. As bad as the Seahawks teams were in that early two thousand, I was never this delusional. I was never this. Delusional. They were a handful of plays <laughs> away from. If they were in the NFC South, they would have been in the playoffs. <clears throat> Making a strong case. I don't know. Okay. I, football's already over for me before it's even begun. So what fucking difference Giants does it make? Fan. Yeah, you got to do the league again, though. I'll do the league again. That's fine. You know, actually, you know what? It's gonna the first fucking day of camp. What is that? Wednesday soon, yeah, yeah, the 29th or thirtieth. It's one hundred and fifty bucks this year. What? One hundred and fifty yeah. bucks is whatever. It's fine, but like oh, it went up. That's gonna be my most expensive league. Yep. If I do a bunch of hundred dollars, I don't dra- do hundred. I'm gonna have to not draft defense in the first round. Yeah, yeah you might have to do a little research this year. I was all right, man. <laughs> I did make forty two trades. I made forty two roster. Moves I make a lot of roster moves. I actually I got in a weird fight with Dave because I made a bunch of roster moves and I didn't realize that there was a limit because in I'm in a ton of leagues. Like I'm a fantasy football guy and there's no. I'm like a guy. I'm about fantasy football. That's like I wait all year for fantasy football and I love it. Um, and in I've never been in a league that has a five transaction limit per week. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's weird. So I was that's so weird. pissed about it because I had made a bunch of transactions, picked some guys up, and then I ended up without a quarterback. <laughs> and I was like, Dave, you gotta let me pick up a quarterback. What do you mean I'm gonna lose? Like, and it was a time where my ability to go to the playoffs was on the line. If I had won that week, I would have gone to the playoffs. Sorry, if I didn't, but I actually ended up, I think, winning regardless that week because I made it to the playoffs, but I lost in maybe the first round. All right. But um, my ability to go to the playoffs was dependent on me. Being successful that week, and I didn't. I had to play like I didn't start a quarterback. A quarterback, and he wouldn't let me pick one up. And I was like, "Dude, this is ridiculous." And he was like, "Should have read the rules, man." Uh, I, was like, ah. I thought I was a fucking genius picking up Jimmy Graham, Graham in you the had first like round. A spreadsheet going. And I was like, and like honestly, if that dude had stayed fucking healthy, oh, it yeah. would have been a totally different game. It was like a different fucking year for me. But yeah, between him and fucking Julio Jones and his goddamn ankle, that was it. So if camp starts. And they, like last year, have a fucking quarters and quarterbacks I view of fucking Eli throwing wobbly balls. That's going to be fucking Groundhog Day for me. That's what I know. I'm not enjoying football that year, so I'm just not going to try to enjoy it. I think you so. even. I would even take Eli in a fantasy league this year. 
I think he looked not bad last year. He had a much better year last year than he did the previous year. I would agree with that. And but... um, and I think he'll look better. Second year in McAdoo's system, I think he's going to look better. Russell Wilson. He's got some. Um, he's got some. I don't receivers. know if I would take Russell Wilson. That dude's I would take his Russell. fucking mind. Dude. I would take Russell Wilson too. Now they have some. Uh, you know, last year he didn't really have a lot of guys to throw to. He can throw to Jimmy Graham this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> they got some receivers. I, I would take Russell Wilson, and in a lot of leagues too. Like, I mean, rushing touchdowns are six, and passing touchdowns are four. I mean, Russell Wilson runs a lot. I think he's a good. I think he's a strong pick. Fucking Ravens didn't pick up anybody worth fucking throwing to. Otherwise, I would fuck. I'd take Joe Flacco in a heartbeat. Oh, because, like, yeah, the, Ra- the Ravens are all. I mean, their receiving core is suspect. Yeah, Steve like, Smith was an awesome pick for me last year. Is that right? Steve Smith is. Yeah, I mean, great. he's he's still there, but they lost Torrey Smith. They drafted a guy, Brashad Perriman, mm-hmm. who. Uh, People think shows promise, but when you're a rookie receiver, a lot of times, like early in the year, it's like you're. I mean, you just can't run the routes the same way. You're just not creating separation, and I think that that dude will maybe throughout the course of the year become a guy. But beginning of the year, I don't know. There's nobody. I will always stand by this. When he has somebody eligible downfield, there's nobody that fucking throws a ball like Jeff Flacco in the fucking. Field. It's like ridiculous when that dude like really lets fly when he has. The option wants a fucking year to do it. But, you know, but, um, yeah. who's there now? Uh, Tressman is the... I, the think, I think Tressman maybe oh, went Tressman. to Baltimore because yeah. Kubiak left. And Tressman, um, he throws the ball. I mean, you look at what um, Forte did last year. They throw the yeah. ball a lot to um, out of the backfield, and Forsett can catch the ball out of the backfield. So maybe Flacco gets points just throwing the ball to Justin Forsett. Former Seahawk Justin Forsett. Thank really? you very much. Yes. I know that. All right, so we're getting real wild on this shit. People are fucking like, pressing fast forward trying to get to the end of it. Let's hit a few questions and we'll call this. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple of questions directed toward Nick. Um, these are going to be not nice, so you should brace yourself. Um, I got this damn dog. Someone asked, Nick, explain your fucking appearance in 90% of your pre-2011 Facebook photos. <laughs> oh, wow. Was someone paying you to look like you were in Taking Back Sunday, or were you just that big of a tool? Is that what somebody in Taking Back Sunday looks like? I, I don't know. know. People really I, I, think, I think it's thing. crazy that this person knows what somebody in Taking Back Sunday uh, looks like. You turned around on him. All right. Uh, uh, well, we I was trying to look like I was in Yes. I don't know. I was just really into prog rock. That's cool. Hey, Nick, when was the last time you got a face full from a 15-year-old? <laughs> um, when I was 15. Okay. All right. Shout out DP Dell. I used to get that whenever I was drunk and visiting my brother in Morgantown because they delivered two hours later than everything else in town. There you go. I think DP don't know, but he also probably delivers two hours later than everyone else in town. Yeah, it's great. I, it's, a good, it's good. When I have a low moment in the middle of the night, I'll order a combat zone. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> here's one for me, which is very nice. Hans, what was your current life-slash-financial situation when you were 28-year-old? 20-what? 28-year-old. Oh, 28. Okay. I need to know if I am above or below the Hans scale at this current point in my life. Oh, shit. I was going to SUNY, living off student loans and working at Last Vestige and touring. I had no income, really. Uh, Nothing to speak of, no savings. Not even I lived uh, in an apartment that I didn't pay very much for. Yeah, you're probably doing way better than I was, and that continued. That continued until I was like 32. So, 
but now I'm fucking high in the hog. Now you're like, <laughs> yeah, fucking ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I'm fucking, I'm like James Brown. Living in America. It's awesome. Boom. And it's funny, because we talk about that living in this region, people get very jealous if you put off any sort of, like, essence that you have um, done a, a decently. Like, or you've, you've made a, a decent money plan. I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, I mentioned at work that I had uh, paid for my car in cash. And uh, that, that caused a lot of ruffled feathers and lots of must be nice and uh, things like that. And I realized all at once that we live in an area that is very class, classist and very like immediately will turn on you if they, they assume that you have more money than they do. It's very strange. That's it. That's it. That's what you got? That's all I got. All right. Let's pull the plug on this. This is like a two-hour-long podcast where we talked about fantasy football for way longer than we should have on yeah. that shit. Um, it's going to be, guys pre- anything it's gonna be the preview of the new, of the new podcast. Of the new that, podcast. It's exactly. just going to be that the whole time. Joe Pianta wants to do a sports podcast with me, too. Maybe we should just do a, like sure. a, a major four-way sports podcast. I would love to be on a sports podcast. That would be great. Uh, you guys got anything you want to plug? Yeah. yeah this is your opportunity for a free plug to... Uh, Royal Royal Slams. Yeah, to over 100,000 individual downloads. So go for it. You can check out uh, Royal Slams. actually hear crickets right now. (laughs) You can check out Royal Slams if you want to. No, the name of the band is Royal Psalms. uh, Royal Pains. It's on Thursday nights, 10.30. (laughs) Royal Pains! Featuring Andrew and Gabby. I am nothing. Yeah, I got nothing either. I don't know. Buy the self-defense record if you haven't already. If you're at This Is Hardcore, buy it and put it in your car and listen to it later. If This Is Hardcore, I feel sorry for you, son. If, you, if you know, maybe maybe they really like hardcore. You know, what can what can you do? Yeah, so This Is Hardcore. So This oh. Is Hardcore. Okay, I'm going to leave. I, I, I decided I don't like this. So hardcore is like standing in a 110-degree room all night, all day, with no re-entry. Well, Sweet. somebody shouts about shit that happened before they were born. Yeah. All right. Uh, back in the, you know, this, this hardcore scene... Very cool. All right, fuck it. Let's cue the music. I woke up alone and planted in the ground. You know I could have been Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend, and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is uh, 
well, I don't know. I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts.